0: meeting, you know, having dinner with Donald Trump and and Kanye West. What does Lionel Nation have to say?
1: And right now, the happiest guy in the world, the happiest guy is Nick Fuentes. I can't believe this. I am the... I'm it. I am it today. Everybody, New York Times, Breitbart. This is the most incredible thing I've ever seen in my life. I'm not even sure what I'm, I don't even know what I stand for. It's the most incredible thing I've ever seen in my life. And this, to show you how this thing works, you will see the the Fox News right quibble and argue as to who's really, there's no solidarity of, 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 of message. And they're going to lose again. There was a time in this country when to be, it was a time of Rush Limbaugh, maybe it was a time of uh, Ronald Reagan. You didn't have this. Oh, you might have had somebody. You might have had, you want Reagan, you want Bush, whatever. But not this. Today, social media have completely destroyed the right, the conservatives.
0: Okay, blessings. Welcome. Lionel Nation, he has this has this way of speaking, has this tremendous presence. He has the, this pacing, this rhetorical firepower, this fluency with words, this ease of dramatic presentation. The shame is that uh, the, the stake isn't really there. But when you listen to Lionel Nation, and I don't very often, but you do feel like he's about to impart tremendous insights and so it's kind of a shame that there's absolutely no connection between the beauty of someone's presentation the resonance of their voice the sweep of their rhetorical vision all right and having anything useful or profound or wise or good to say so rhetorical fluency rhetorical agility rhetorical drama right no necessary connection With merit, because when you listen to Lionel, I mean, come on, am I just making this up? You feel like he's about to impart, you know, life changing truths. The Republicans,
1: there's no solidarity. All they want to do, and they want you, the voter, to confuse whether you like Ben Shapiro versus whoever. That's what you think politics is. Let me give you an example. One time, No, people are interested
0: in people and people who need people are the luckiest people in the world, right? Being amused, entertained and interested in this Nick Fuentes dinner with Donald Trump does not make you a bad person, does not make you a shallow person, does not make you a weak person, it does not make you a lesser person than someone who is not interested. All right, there's this widespread notion among middle class and above people, that talking about people is somehow inferior to talking about ideas. No, frequently people are more important than ideas, right? You're not a more elevated person if you just talk about ideas and you don't talk about people. Someone who doesn't care about people, someone who's not interested in people, someone who's not interested in gossip is not human, right? And I know that we want assurance from someone who separates himself from the rest of humanity by not being interested in gossip, by engaging in intermittent fasting, by engaging in these you know great you know, rhetorical flights, by engaging in tremendous you know physical activity or spiritual activity or moral activity or intellectual accomplishment. You think, oh, if only the person who's going to give us the scoop, if only he can just sizably distinguish himself from other beings. Then I know that he the the guru, the shaman, the rabbi, the preacher, the youtuber he 's going to be able to give me assurance, but uh, no one can can give you assurance all right someone giving you assurance that that 's cheap grace, and so that uh, you know, that beautiful way of speaking and that you know elevated pitch that oh we, we should transcend concern with with petty individuals. we should just dwell in the lofty realm of ideas and people who are interested in people. Uh, somehow less than, than people who are not interested in people but only consumed by the, the power of ideas. Well, frequently people are m- more important than ideas, frequently ideas are best understood through individual examples. This is a terribly amusing, interesting, entertaining, and mildly to moderately important story. <laughs> Fuentes, Nick Fuentes, a, a guest on my show, this bloke having having dinner with, with Donald Trump, it, it tells you something. About all these guys, what do they have in common? Kanye West, Nick Fuentes, uh, Milo Yiannopoulos, Donald Trump, right? They are all very compelling personalities, right? And we live in an attention economy. If you're able to compel people's attention, right, you'll have a lot more success than the people who aren't able to compel attention. So... I think Trump enjoys the attention even though this is largely negative attention and Kanye and Nick and Milo Yiannopoulos all enjoy the attention. These are people who have fashioned themselves to be as interesting and attention seeking and attention getting as possible and I know something about that because I have have some of those traits in myself. I remember when I moved to the United States in 1977 all these people started describing me as insecure and in Australia at the time we didn't use that psychological language. But people immediately picked up that I was an attention seeker, that I was insecure, seeking attention. Now in Australia, I think there are more therapists per capita than there are in the United States. Like we're all about mental health now in Australia. There's like abundant mental health counselling, much of it paid for by the government. If something awful happens, like fair dinkum Aussie grief counsellors like rush to the scene, even though all evidence shows that grief counselling does more harm than good because you're re-traumatizing the victims by saying, oh, you know, tell me about what happened. How did it make you feel when you saw that, you know, gunman slaughter 17 people in front of your eyes? How did that make you feel? Are you concerned? Are you scared? Tell me more about your feelings, right? That tends to re-traumatize people. So we have all these professions that are very good at securing attention, status, money, but doing things that are harmful to society, So it's not just social media that's harmful to society, right? Many doctors are carrying out unnecessary medical procedures because they make money from them, such as a lot of hysterectomies, uvorectomies, right, do far more harm than good. A lot of back surgeries, neck surgeries do far more harm than good. Almost all chiropractic is best useless, if not a scam. We've got a whole, you know, foreign policy elite who gets their sense of status and importance from intervening overseas, even though America's excessive intervention overseas does the country more harm than good but people in the foreign policy profession they get to feel important by directing american intervention overseas even though that hurts america so doctors lawyers probably accountants like psychiatrists right psychiatrists constantly want to expand the definition of mental illness so that they can have more power status prestige they can get more Media attention; They can make more money if they can diagnose more and more of normal human sadness and normal human struggles as a mental illness that they can prescribe pills for. They can make money. Pharmaceutical company can make money. So we've got all these professions you know, all these individuals pursuing their self-interest at the price of the public good. So here I am, your public servant, your humble servant, willing to point out when people are <laughs> pursuing things that are self-aggrandizing for them, that are very exciting for them, but pretty much against the public good.
1: We had a lunch not too long ago with uh, some political types. These were people who fancy themselves as Republicans. I, I won't go too much into detail. Thanks. And if they see this, they'll know exactly who I'm talking about. And the first thing they did was they said, well, you know, we have to make abortion. I said, are you out of your mind? these are Republicans, you're going to bring up abortion? Nobody's talking about abortion right now. What's the matter with you? You want to bring up abortion? You're going to lose. America does not want to ban abortion. I don't know where you got that from, but it doesn't. That's number one. You're crazy. America is at best center, center, right? You're out of your mind. So as we are talking, I said, what are some of your, this was during the course of this, who is your, give me an idea of some of your Political antecedents. Would it be Reagan? Would it be Reaganomics? Would it be more of a... Moynihan, even? Or are you more of a Nixon, Nixonian in terms of foreign policy? Realpolitik? Maybe, maybe Kissinger, maybe whatever? Oh, no. You know what they said? I like Pete Hogg's breath, or whatever his name is. I swear to God, this was somebody who confused, confused a, a Fox presenter with political ideology. I swear, I swear to God. Oh, wonderful. What? I I, I, I... I had another one too i am thinking of myself, oh.
0: so one thing i've noticed over here in australia is you don't encounter women who've had abortions and they're just absolutely tormented by guilt so how come women in australia women in the united kingdom women in france germany europe right asia how come they have abortions without very much guilt but thousands of american women are absolutely wracked by guilt over their abortions and they feel like they're murderers because in America, the abortion issue has been moralized, right? Once an issue has become moralized, good versus evil, it's hard to arrive at a sensible compromise solution because you can't compromise with evil. And so in America, there's all this rhetoric about abortion is murder. And I don't deny that abortion is killing, and I'm fine with calling abortion murder. But you have so much rhetoric, you have so much you know, political capital put into convincing people that uh, abortion is murder, that people who operate on a low level, they take this rhetoric seriously. Now, Christianity and Judaism are not particularly fixated with abortion, right? Neither of them are pro-abortion, but it is not the cutting-edge primary issue for either the the Jewish tradition or the Christian tradition that it is for much of the, the Christian right in America. So most people don't understand that the abortion issue is not about abortion. It's a way of uniting every possible Republican voter who's likely to form part of a winning coalition. So abortion is murder, and we need to fight for the right for for life and protect millions of unborn children and stop the madness, stop the murder. This is all a very Kenny political strategy that was devised by Republican strategists in the late 1970s to try to bring Catholic voters on board with the Republican Party, evangelical Christians, uh, traditionalists who looked askance at the, the new degenerate you know more sexually adventurous society people who are kind of looking askance at, at black culture at uh, modern secular liberal humanist culture right here was an issue that people could rally around but this is a rhetorical strategy and a political strategy and a cultural strategy but it's not about the thing in itself it's not really about abortion it's about uniting people to vote Republican. But people who operate on a low level, they think it, that people mean what they say and say what they mean, and the fought over, fight over abortion is really about abortion. But it's not. It's simply a strategy designed by Republicans in the late 1970s to try to bring various Christians and various traditionalists together on, this, on the same team. And there's just no precedent in the Jewish and Christian tradition for making you know, abortion this number one issue of Know, saving millions of lives that has turned into the United States. So you operate at the, the low level, you go, oh, my God, You know, people say what they mean, mean what they say, but people almost never say what they mean. People almost never mean what they say. You have to start operating on different levels, and almost all these questions go back to a different understanding of the self, whether we have a poorer self, where what you do affects me, what goes on in my neighbor's house affects me, that there are you know, essentially forces that are, Know, destructive and there are forces of holiness in the world and you try to you know, steer a path of safety away from contagion and disorder right that's the traditionalist view of life versus the modern secular liberal notion that we're basically good we're basically rational that we're strategic autonomous buffet cells, so that if i have you know a trans couple next door who've been married under the blessings of the state, that that, there's absolutely nothing about that that needs to affect me, right? That's the secular modern liberal left-wing position on the self and almost all political cultural issues can be reduced to which perspective you take on the self. So Richard Spencer was talking about Kanye and Trump.
2: Idaho, which is this uh, really nice place, actually. Um, You probably haven't heard of Coeur d'Alene, but um, it's actually really... Like they have really nice little stores and restaurants and uh, this beautiful lake and uh big hotel and things like that. It's just very cool. But uh, anyway, on, before we went that, I drove, the, my mother actually met us there, but I drove the kids down. We went to this, um, there's this, uh, I guess it's like an Indian reservation that they've developed. And so there's this like indoor water park. And um, yeah, the kids love that, but it's a bit, uh, whew, four hours. That's more than enough time.
0: <laughs> but uh, as the, political process become too trivialized to be redeemed? No. And I think part of the trick is finding the profound in the trivial. Like what is it about the the trivial that is captivating people's attention? There's plenty to be learned there. So I don't like the perspective, you know, people are just stupid, irrational, dumb, and just dismiss whatever it is they're interested in. It's often worthy to take a good look at what people are interested in. What's captivating attention? Abortion is a proxy for the sacralized worldview. Yes. Abortion is a proxy fight because let's face it, tens of millions of Americans don't like black people very much or are concerned about black people. somewhat fearful of black people. Most of these people vote Republican. Abortion is an issue that unites these people and brings them into a coalition against the, uh, ever more sexually adventurous, promiscuous, de- degenerate world filled with sexually transmitted diseases and all sorts of wild experimentation and non traditional uh, family types. And abortion is a good proxy for organizing people who don't like that.
3: All right, let's uh, get a little richer. Spencer. Here. Very nice, but they just love the water park. Um, I mean,
2: first off, you know, the midterms weren't the worst thing in the world for Republicans. I mean, they could they could say, oh, well, you know, we took back the House or whatever. But they also spent a quarter of a billion dollars on the Senate. And they're going to be in a worse position. They certainly didn't take it. Um, and anyway, the whole victory in the House is viewed as lackluster. And all the Trump candidates or many of the Trump candidates lost. Um, and certainly the kind of hardcore type election denier people definitely lost. And so there's this kind of weird ambivalent feeling in the air of what do we do Uh, should we just get get rid of trump and go mainstream Uh, i think that's actually quite delusional for them to do that because ultimately the gop is very unpopular and it actually is trump's craziness that kind of gives it a reason for being and, and makes it popular and kind of you can't take your eyes off it um but i i also just sense something deeper happening and I, you know this Kanye Fuentes stuff fascinates me. I have a little bit of a conspiracy theory about it.
0: So, uh, Elliot Blatt notes that I just could not imagine. <laughs> you know the Trump Kanye Nick Fuentes circus when I was growing up under Reagan. Yeah, so this is this is the, the reality show president. But I remember Rob Long either said something or wrote something. He was a writer producer on Cheers, and I heard him say. About 20 years ago that uh, he may have even said this to me when I interviewed him, that American elections for for president, you are casting for who you want to see play the lead role in America's reality show for the next four years. And so Trump would not have been as successful as he was in 2016 winning the presidency of the United States if he wasn't a compelling reality show figure. I think a lot of people just would prefer to see Donald Trump in that starring role rather than Hillary Clinton. Now, if Joe Biden had run in 2016, I think he would have beaten Donald Trump in 2016. It's not that people like Biden, but there's much less hatred for Joe Biden than there is for Hillary Clinton. So sometimes the reality show just becomes too bizarre and too intense. And even though on the one hand, this Donald Trump meeting Nick Fuentes and Kanye West with dinner seems absolutely unbelievable. When you reflect on the character of these men, it does make sense. They all have in common you know, this giant attention-seeking, this, this giant void within that propels them to their you know, ever-escalating series of extreme attention-seeking behaviors. So it's it's not surprising when you know, attention-seekers that team up together to create even more attention. But there are just so many bizarre angles to this story, I- including uh, Milo Yiannopoulos in a Richard Spencer haircut. I mean, that was weird.
2: And I'm going to relay that. But I, I you know, it's not a conspiracy theory in the sense of like you can ever invent anything out of whole cloth. Like there is something happening. And you know, take this for instance. These again, I have not been doing deep research on this. I have been kind of on vacation, seeing stuff that comes across my Twitter feed, etc. But you know, that's kind of how most people take in politics. And uh, I do sense something. I mean, the Colorado Springs shooting, um, obviously, you know, terrible event. One of these, uh, you know, I, I one of these lone wolf types. I mean, I think we're going to find out more about him. And the 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 fact that his dad is like. I don't know, quasi-endorsing it, basically excusing it and saying, well, at least he's not gay or something, and also showing all of these weird facial tics of someone who is um, really mentally ill. Uh, I think we're going to find a lot. We're we're probably going to find out a lot, like we found out about the Buffalo shooter, this kind of kid who has real issues, family problems, and he's kind of driven to something. I mean, I, I think it's hard to believe that this was a random shooting. I mean, granted, the Pulse nightclub event, which also was a gay bar, um, was apparently not animated by any kind of anti-homosexual animus or traditional Islam or something. I mean, I guess it was Islamic to some extent, but it was not actually directed towards gays. Um, this, I mean, that, of course, might happen again, but it just seems.
0: Let's have a look at uh, Kanye West Twitter. He says, as much as Ben Shapiro and I disagree, I pray he joins me in saving our country. Now what they say, love your enema. Spelling is not my core competency when I'm sleepy. If Nick keeps tweeting from my account, the only platform I'll have left is Truth Social. Daily Wire tries to own Kanye by admitting they sell all their subscriber
3: data to whoever will pay for it.
0: And he says, Ben Shapiro accepts $100,000 from one of my opponents then tries to trash me. But... Here's, here's the video. This is That was like incredible. lower on the list of things that caught him off guard. It was yeah, the fact that
4: I walked look in with intelligence. So Trump in is... Economy. I think the thing that Trump was most perturbed about, me asking him to be my vice president, I think that was like lower on the list of things that caught him off guard. It was the fact that I walked in with intelligence. So Trump is really
3: impressed with Nick.
0: That's Milo,
3: right?
0: That's that's Milo, right? It looks like Richard Spencer, That is it's Milo. Walked
4: in with intelligence.
0: So Trump is really
4: impressed with Nick Fuentes, and Nick Fuentes, unlike so many of the lawyers and so many people that he was left with on his 2020 campaign, he's actually a loyalist. When he didn't know what the lawyers is, you'll still have your lawyer list. And when all the lawyers said, forget it. Trump's done. There are loyalists running up in the White House. Right. And my question would be, why, when you had the chance, did you not free the January 6ers? And I came to him as someone who loves Trump. And I said, go and get Corey back. Go and get these people that the media tried to cancel and told you to step away from. He basically gives me this.
0: Yeah. Trump actually has a very professional political organization right now. And uh, Kanye wants him to hire all these losers.
4: Would-be mob-esque kind of story. Talking to some kid (laughs) from the south side of Chicago trying to sound mobby or whatever. He goes into the story about all that he went through to get Alice Johnson out of jail. and How he didn't do it for Kim, but he did it for me. But then he goes on to say that Kim is a... (laughs) You could tell her I said that. And I was thinking, like, that's the mother of my children. Since we know, and all the Christians in America that love Trump know that Trump is a conservative, we're gonna demand that you hold all policies directly to the Bible. When Trump started basically screaming at me at the table, telling me I was going to lose, I mean, has that ever worked for anyone in history? (laughs) You're going to lose. Tell him him are going to lose. lose. I'm like, "Well, well, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Trump, you're talking to yay.
0: Yeah, hold on, Donald Trump. You're talking to yay.
3: Yeah, he didn't realize he was talking to yay. This tendency to lash out. And to kind of go more extreme.
2: So you kind of expect them, or some people, you know, the media expects it will just, okay. just an odd thing to say. These people were, you know, on, on another level, it did, I and a lot of other people just got, you know, wrath of God, the vibes from statements like that. I mean, these people were just gunned down in their gay club in Colorado.
0: Okay, talking about Janet Ellis saying, talking about the people who were gunned down, whether or not they were saved in, in Christ at this LGBTQ Springs
2: And- next thing you know she's talking about oh how they're going to be in hell it's just an odd thing to say and it does remind me a bit of the uh, westboro baptist church line of you know god hates fags and so that's why he killed these gay soldiers which was actually why they you know had this uh, lawsuit that actually went to the supreme court they were protesting outside of funerals for gay soldiers and they're basically saying that you know god killed your sons because he hates homosexuality. i mean Again, I I can understand why a Christian can actually believe this, but it just, yeah, it reeks of wrath of God stuff. It is pretty extreme. And I do kind of sense this, I, I sense something of like they're feeling like things are out of control for them, and they're losing power, they're being demoralized, and there's this tendency to lash out. And to kind of go more extreme. So you kind of expect them, or some, you know, the media expects them to, oh, they're going to moderate, they're going to drop the Trump stuff, whatever. Well, they might very well drop all the Trump stuff, but what they're going to go to is stuff like this. And so I, I think there's a kind of like general background for this happening. Um, but I think there's also some interest, there might b- very well be some machination going on. So when I was at this, uh, <laughs> the day before Thanksgiving, just kind of relaxing by the pool, uh, I saw this viral video of Fuentes going to the florida going to a florida airport and apparently going to you know being alongside kanye and going to meet donald trump now kanye had a pretty interesting video that was put out that i believe was uh made by milo yiannopoulos and uh there you know you can see a little glimpse of an ideology there um kanye is basically saying we're going to judge every policy against the bible so it is you know full-on fundamentalism or Christian nationalism or theocracy or whatever. Now, this is rather odd, obviously, coming from uh, a rap artist formerly married to Kim Kardashian, but it is what it is. I I actually do. As I've said many times, I think Kanye actually sincerely believes in what he's doing. Um, And Fuentes was involved. And so this is a kind of...
0: Okay, whether or not you have a coherent ideology, so Spencer here is praising Kanye West for having something of an ideology, that doesn't really matter. You can have reactions, all right? We all evolved to have reactions to danger and to things that are likely to enhance our life, and if you just have these instinctive reactions and they're not thought through ideological concepts, all right, they, they can frequently be more accurate than the philosophical you know, thought through systematic theological approach to life. So it doesn't really matter for, for this type of news story whether or not you know Kanye has a coherent political philosophy, and it also doesn't matter if he's sincere. Right? It, Whether or not someone's sincere, that almost never has any importance. People don't say what they mean. They don't mean what they say. Uh, Sincerity isn't anything. There there are very few situations in life where sincerity is vital.
2: I mean, I I think it's a a triumph for him in a way. And actually, when I saw it, I mean, I couldn't help myself to tweet out like, look, I think this is headed for a disaster. (laughs) And obviously, this is not.
0: Wow, you think something involving uh, Kanye West is headed for disaster, or Milo Yiannopoulos is headed for disaster? Of course, uh, Nick Fuentes, Donald Trump—we're uh, talking about the quixotic, unstable personalities, right? These guys have a lot in common. Like Donald Trump is like as unstable as a, a nuclear reaction. You never know when this guy is going to go off. Now. Deeper question is, do do Kanye, Nick, Richard, Milo believe in anything greater than themselves, right? So I talk a lot about hero systems, right? Most people get their sense of transcendence from their community, right? They're part of a community that they valorize and believe will go on past them. And so by attaching to their community, their society, their, their nation, their tribe, they are part of something eternal. But some people, they are their own heroes, right? the people who are creating you know, rap music, right, they are their own heroes people who are creating YouTube live streams such as myself, you know, we are our own heroes, and so is there anything that these guys believe in that's greater than themselves so for me, I believe in my Judaism I believe in, I believe in God, I believe in ethical monotheism I believe in 12 Steps as an excellent route to recovery from otherwise crippling addictions, so these are some of the things that I believe in that transcend myself that are greater than my desires, that are greater than than my, you know, wanting to be seen and acknowledged, greater than my ego, greater than my comfort. All right. Those are some of the things that I believe in. I'm not sure if Kanye, Nick, you know, Milo, Richard Spencer, I'm not sure if they believe in anything beyond their own egos. Not you I think? Want. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, but look, I'm nothing uh if not fair.
2: And I, I I, try to be. I actually try to.
0: I'm nothing. Richard is frequently good on these live streams and podcasts because he frequently does try to be fair. He makes an above average effort in
2: this area. It's hard sometimes, but I try to put away biases and, and say, like, don't just denounce Kanye or whatever, but say, like, does he sincerely believe this? And is there a kind of coherency to what he's saying? And I, I would say yes to both of those questions. I think everyone deserves a kind of fair shake. And anyway, uh, so he's he's with Kanye. There's some kind of dinner at Mar-a-Lago. Now Trump has since claimed, you know, in a, in a very typical fashion, actually, like I had no idea who this guy was. I don't know who he is. And, but he did that for tons of people. He famously did that with David Duke, even though.
0: He- so I've interviewed thousands of people in my life and it's one of the most common put downs. Like who, who is this person? Right. That's just a reflex that the people say to dismiss other people. So there's another reflex, oh, he's obsessed. That's one of the most common put-downs I notice. Or I don't even know who this person is. Or you put them down because they don't have many Twitter followers or they don't have many viewers. So there are all these easy at-hand dismissals of other people to try to get out of, of grappling with you know whatever the situation, challenge, problem, uh, provocation is that you want to dismiss. And one of the more common dismissals is, oh, he's irrelevant, right? If you even need to use the breath to state that someone's irrelevant, just like my nation here, the cosmic irrelevance of, of Nick Fuentes, right? If you even need to use the breath, to say someone's irrelevant, obviously they're not irrelevant because we don't talk about people who are irrelevant. We don't gossip about people who are way below us in social status. We don't, bother to expend the energy to dismiss the relevance of people who plainly are not relevant right so claiming that someone's irrelevant is one of these cheap cop-out ways of dismissing people so that you don't have to grapple with whatever challenge it is that they are presenting to you It's, uh, it's cheap it's sleazy it shows that you're not willing to think too deeply so he's irrelevant who is he i've never heard of him Uh, Oh, he's just obsessed, right? So you're dogged, you're purposeful, you're committed, but anyone else with these traits, he's obsessed, possibly a stalker, deranged, so you don't have to grapple with whatever it is they say.
2: Very much knew who David Duke was. He actually got into battles with David Duke in the Reform Party in the year 2000 or thereabouts. And obviously David Duke is much more of a household name than McFundez is much more of a household name than, than myself. It's, yeah he knows who David Duke is. Now, I think in the case of Fuentes, he might very well not be lying. I could, you know, I, I don't, I do think that Trump has a TV understanding of popular culture. And so he, he obviously watches Fox a lot. He, uh, who knows what else, what kind of garbage he consumes, but I think he has a kind of mainstream TV understanding of the world and popular culture. So I actually think it's believable, at least that he actually didn't know who Fuentes is. Um, but that almost kind of begs questions or raises more questions than it answers. Uh, so it's very clear from this video that kanye put out that milo is instigating this and the other thing that i noticed um i hate to say it call me a self-centered narcissist if you must but uh milo was basically dressed almost in a cosplay version of me in 2016
0: that's absolutely true i don't know how richard could be expected to ignore that it is incredibly weird that Milo Yiannopoulos is dressing like a 2016 Richard Spencer. And
2: so Milo was more famous for being a kind of flamboyant homosexual with dyed blonde hair. He now has dark hair, brown hair. Maybe it's his natural color. I don't know. And um, he's wearing a gray suit. So look, I don't want to dwell on this too much. But, you know, with Milo, everything's a kind of crafted personality. And so I do think that he was trying to kind of imitate me or evoke me. And I think that also kind of goes along with a much kind of like broader thing where all of these people are kind of like endlessly trying to recreate 2016. Because 2016, for better and for worse, was this moment when it felt like something could change. And the establishment, particularly the Republican establishment, was just on its heels. All these people who previously didn't have influence were shoved into the spotlight. Um, the, The game changed. The language changed it was crazy there you know as i talked about there's that just this kind of dionysian feeling about being okay
0: 2016 was pretty awesome let's uh, check out Godwin's i
5: do like like
0: Godwin, masochist exposed
6: I say that without any irony. Nick Fuentes is going all the way to the fucking top. I, I kneel. I kneel, Fuentes Sama. You have won, sir. You have won. There's no gonna be any Kino Casino Cope on this one. When we see a winner and a victor in action, we give them the clap. <laughs> Bravo, Nick Fuentes. President... At some point in the future, maybe not 2024, but definitely
0: at some point in the fucking future. Wait, where's this, ca- why is he playing all this music? Future. Nick Fuentes is going to be president of America Land.
6: Why is he sounding so sincere and convinced of Nick Fuentes becoming A future American president. We'll cover that. We'll cover all of that. And then we're going to go into the exact reason why the Kino Casino didn't stream last night on what was arguably the biggest night in Nick Fuentes news ever. Literally ever. It's a bit
5: beyond, you know, eating a french fry gay. Oh, look, looking at...
3: So, it's often...
0: Uh, sad. What's the right word? Disturbing. Nick Quentas's life. Like when you learn about Nick Quentas's life, that so he's always talking Christian nationalism, talking about Christ is King, but he's not someone who ever goes to church. He he, he doesn't date, but uh, somehow this guy's focus keeps him incredibly productive and incredibly like in the in the center of attention. Uh, just absolutely compelling attention. So often uh, the type of success that Dick Fuentes has has, has accumulated comes at the price of a private life. Now, you'd hope that he would have room for friends, have room for a woman in his life, have room for a religious community, like have room for pursuits outside of the internet. But his monomaniacal approach appears to be paying off. Staying sort of back. This is way up there. This is top of the news
6: agenda of all-time greatest Nick Fuentes' crazy moments to cover on a Kino Casino show, surely, surely. This song has a special relevance later. Okay, so few days ago now, but the you know the news is still as fresh and as exciting as it's going to be, even delivered now. Nick Fuentes, leader of the American Race, was spotted in an airport alongside Kanye West. Kanye West had been invited to Mar-a-Lago, Trump's estate. He was invited for dinner at Mar-a-Lago. All eyes were on Kanye West. So it was almost perfect that Fuentes was spotted in shot, carrying the luggage, but still in shot, still a known entity. That was great PR. And who was the person that was in charge of that PR stunt? Who was the Machiavellian mind behind it, wielding his little vault there? It was the person that's running Kanye West's campaign. That person is Milo Yiannopoulos. Milo's back. And bizarrely, more powerful than ever. Milo Yiannopoulos, the man who made Game again. The man who, essentially, if we really think about it, is 100% responsible for getting Donald Trump elected as president in 2016. Milo Yiannopoulos is now the puppet master for Kanye West's presidential campaign. What? Is what I hear you ask? Because Milo's supposed to be irrelevant, dead, and buried. He had to skulk into the shadows when he was defending pedophilia and how all people sh- should be, like, victims of pedophilia or something, he would say It was total fucking insanity. He said it on the drunken peasants, which is even more of an insane up to this storyline but there was a time when Milo was really at the fucking heights of things he was going on like Bill Maher he was on every sort of mainstream news platform shilling for Trump. and now he's managed to claw himself away from that irrelevancy so if you don't know you should know we will show you sort of the level that Milo was at when Milo was like really in the gutter that's if it's still up so Milo basically ran onto YouTube tried to reinvent himself do some stuff on his channel and Milo was pretending to be that doctor who was uh, who accused the judge, Judge Kavanaugh, of uh, a rape back in the 80s. What was the bitch's name? Dr. Christie? Okay. This is what we wanted to show you. This was sort of what Milo was doing with his time after he'd fallen so completely from
3: relevancy. Hi.
7: Thank you, senators.
3: That's what Milo was doing. I don't-
6: was a serious apparently political operator back in 2016 but he'd fallen from such relevance that he was doing shit like this
8: right you might know me from lying to the sand <laughs> <laughs> you might be wondering why uh, a woman of my age has such a squeaky voice with this high intonation and vocal bye <laughs> but that nice young man from cory booker's office said it makes me seem really cute <laughs>
6: ha 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 my aching sights as you all know i have been the victim of disgusting
8: and hideous violations that have ruined my life
6: so that, that's what Milo was doing, right? But there was a game changer in Milo's uh, irrelevancy, his, his wilderness period. And that game changer was an interview with Nick Fuentes. We'll just show you a brief fucking glimpse of that. That's if it's still on YouTube and it's been taken off. But basically, Milo interviewed Nick Fuentes. And at the time, all of the American Versus were like, what the fuck? It's Milo Yiannopoulos, like prolific, profound homosexual, degenerate man who's defended paedophilia, uh, been cancelled completely. So, because of the worst thing that you could possibly be cancelled for, right? Um, but Nick Fuentes told everyone to trust the plan He said that Milo Yiannopoulos was working on the website The America First website And he was basically pulling the strings He was the puppet master behind like America First's online infrastructure And we just had to trust the plan, folks Trust the plan And in the meantime There have been various people who haven't trusted the fucking plan Various people who've made their name Not trusting that plan People like PPP, Wolski, COG And various other people that A-log America First and Nick Fuentes Trust the plan. The constant refrain that was given out for years. Trust the plan. And here we are in the space year 2022. And that plan has finally come to light. Now we can see exactly where the plan's going. And all of those A logs, the Jaden McJudas of the world, have to cry into their pillow night time because they no longer have Wednesday's love. They're no longer going to be on cosy TV with Kanye West. And Vice President Donald Trump. We're going to go with this one, I think.
2: This flashlight can burn through anything. This new military flashlight is basically a lightsaber that fits in your mind. But be warned, this
6: 600-pound flashlight is not a toy. It's so powerful that it can... This is an, an, an advert, advert by the way. trying to advertise a lightsaber to me. Tool. The flashlight projects an incredibly powerful beam of light reaching up to three kilometers. It was designed specifically for
9: British special forces to view enemy positions.
6: Why would I need to this?
9: Combat missions enemy territory. The flashlight features Tonight we are getting a new window into former president.
6: So I wanted to show you what this is called. Trump hosted, uh, we'll turn off the captions. For some reason, the captions have auto Trump hosted Holocaust Denier, along with Kanye West at Mar-a-Lago. This is the CNN take. And it kind of covers the timeline of events. and and really gives the take. The CNN take is here. Now, many people wouldn't lead with the fact that Nick Fuentes is a Holocaust denier. Many people would say that's a mere footnote in his thing, but regardless of who was alongside Kanye West, they'd be treated like this, make no doubt about it. If it was Destiny, if it was Sargon, if it was Ethan Ralph, if it was Andy Worski, if it was Jim, if it was any, Nick Risotto, if it was any of them, they'd have this exact same headline, okay? So it
0: OK, let's get the uh, MSNBC perspective here on what happened. The Just meeting. 11
10: days after announcing his third bid for the White House, former President Donald Trump is under fire for having dinner with a well-known white supremacist and a Holocaust denier, Nick Fuentes, at Mar-a-Lago. In a statement, the former president said Fuentes was merely a guest of rapper Ye or Kanye West, who was also at the dinner. Trump concluded the statement saying, quote— I didn't know Nick Fuentes. Now, he did not denounce the anti-Semitic and racist screeds on which Fuentes has built his entire platform. And frankly, I shouldn't surprise you. We saw the same pattern when Trump wouldn't initially condemn former Klan leader David Duke. He did it after Charlottesville with his there were fine people on both sides comments. And he did it when he told the Proud Boys not to stand down, but to stand back and stand by. So here to discuss is my political panel. Tolu Olanaripa is the White House Bureau Chief at The Washington Post. Chuck Rocha is a Democratic strategist and host of the Latino Vote Podcast. And Rena Shaw is a Republican strategist and founder of Relax Strategies. All right, folks, Tolu, I'm going to start with you because Fuentes is a known white supremacist that before this meeting, this dinner, if you will, many people didn't even know his name. Now we are sitting here talking about him. Not just us. Many outlets have talked about him. So what do news organizations need to be vigilant um, of when it comes to these extremist figures, especially going into this 2024 cycle?
11: That's a great question. It's incredibly important for reporters, uh, journalists generally, to call out uh, people like Nick Fuentes for what they are, not beat around the bush, not... Uh, mention words that don't specifically uh, identify him as white supremacist or someone who lives...
0: Wait, 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 wait. they have to identify him for, for what they are? They, what he is, there's no essential quality, right? This is a guy who'd be up in arms if someone tried to make the argument that there are essential qualities to blacks or there are essential qualities to homosexuals. But he he's just says, oh, it's absolutely essential that the media describe the essential qualities of of Nick Fuentes. Well, Nick Fuentes doesn't have any essential qualities. In certain contexts, he's a bit edgy here, he's a bit anti-Jewish there, he's a bit anti-black there, he's a bit pro-white here. Different situations, Nick Fuentes, like the rest of us, is different. So a journalist who'd be appalled at anyone who ascribed essential qualities to blacks thinks it's absolutely essential that news media ascribes essential qualities to Nick Fuentes.
11: ...in this kind of extremist behavior. And so it is important for us to, to, to focus on that and make sure that we're using the right language now. It is also important for us to not dwell and not elevate people like that who have meetings with Donald Trump because they want to be in the news, because they want to be elevated.
0: Nick Fuentes has spoken for tens of thousands of hours online. Uh, denying the Holocaust is not a defining part of, of Nick Fuentes. To, to the best of my knowledge... It's only a tiny fringe thing that he did in the form
3: of a joke. So but to, to say,
0: oh, it's absolutely essential that we call him a Holocaust denier, to the best of my my knowledge, is absurd. It's it's not a primary thing that Nick Fuentes talks about. I, I'm not sure it should be defining for Nick Fuentes. Where do you want to put these these subjective labels on people? But right? everybody in different contexts has negative feelings about different groups and has clashes of interests with, with different groups. It's not unique to Nick Because
11: they want to be in the national conversation, and so it's important for us to call out what happened and then move on and talk about the importance of uh, what it means for a former president to have dinner with a white supremacist and not uh, condemn his views and not uh, just not not remove himself as opposed to associating himself with his views. And so it's important for us to write about what this means, what this means for where we are in this country's history. That such a person who not only was the president could be running for president again or is running for president again and could be the president again. It's important for us to write about it and and talk about it in ways that are responsible.
10: Spoken like a White House bureau chief, y'all.
0: Responsible to whom? To their advertisers? To their peers? To the, to the American people? The American people really need journalists to let them know who the bad guys are? What about just reporting the news?
10: Look, I agree with Tolu, and I think he's right on the money. But, Rena, let me just say this. Um, Donald Trump was having dinner with Kanye West, who brought Nick Puentes. And I think it's important to note that just a couple of weeks ago, Kanye West was blasted for his anti-Semitic comments. And if it was anybody else who was having dinner with Kanye West this week, we would be talking about the fact that this person had dinner with Kanye West. We'd be asking if they denounce anti-Semitism, we would be...
0: What, so you're not supposed to have dinner with anyone who said anything that is regarded as objectionable? that uh, we're supposed to define people on the basis of some comments they make on social media?
10: Asking, you know, if they stand with Kanye, and
12: we would not be talking about the white supremacist plus one. So I've got a few thoughts on this. Number one, where are the gatekeepers? There are none, it seems, anymore. Also, where did our standards go? Again, there are none anymore. So this demands a public conversation that's not just robust. It is one that should call to the carpet the people that are most guilty of doing the most obscene things. And Nick Gwenez is one of those people. He's
0: Yeah, we need gatekeepers because you are not smart enough to make your own decisions, right? They need to make these decisions for you so that you shouldn't see Nick Fuentes, you shouldn't hear Nick Fuentes, right? You should only have this this amount of room for discussion of controversial issues. You should not get to hear from anyone outside the the Overton window. And this woman, she feels qualified to, to gatekeep and her peers feel qualified to gatekeep to to protect you from, you know, unauthorized opinions. Oh, mate, you got a license for that opinion, eh?
12: The Holocaust denier in my generation, your generation, Simone. We know this. This was just
0: to whatever extent he's quite, unquote denied the Holocaust. It's a tiny, tiny, tiny aspect of what he does. He's a, he's a comic, right? He's an entertainer. Like the Holocaust is not a primary. Focus of Nick Fuentes.
12: Baked in into history class, we know that the Holocaust is real. So I'm one of those people who's never been part of the journalistic core. But I will say this I genuinely believe in this country, justice comes along with great journalism. And if we didn't have Twitter to expose the fact that Kanye and Nick Guentes can waltz right into Mar-a Lago and say whatever they want to say and do whatever they want to do, we would have no accountability. It is
0: So she's not content just with reporting. She has to do journalism, which provides context and lets you know who the good guys and the bad guys are. She doesn't just do journalism. Right. She also wants to carry out justice.
12: Up to Republican leaders, again, to denounce the very underbelly of the party. But will they rise to the occasion? Likely not. So I think it, again, demands us, the public, to do our part and push back, have corporations push back, too.
10: But I mean, I guess that's what I'm, I'm saying. And I get my, the last point I'm going to say on this. And Chuck, if you could quickly respond. But I, I have heard nothing about the anti Semitism. I think it is terrible that a white supremacist was able to sit down and have dinner with a former president. But I, but I just.
0: Guess what? There have been a lot of anti-Semites who've had dinner with a president or a former president. And everyone is out there with their anti-Semitism. But of course people are going to have negative feelings about Jews or any other powerful group. People are going to have negative feelings about any group that uh, often seems to have interests that are clashing with their own interests, their own group's interests. Right? People with anti-Gentile attitudes are eating with the president and the former president. Did you know that there are some Jews who, in some situations, have anti-Gentile fears and anxieties? So for every proportionally non-Jew who has fears, concerns, and negative feelings about Jews, you'll find Jews with negative feelings about Gentiles. Right? Would we call out a president for having dinner with someone exhibited anti-gentinalism.
10: That I just went through before I introduced this segment, par for the course for Donald Trump. I think we also, we have to call it all out at the same time. And I think it is,
0: it is, it is par for the course for Donald Trump. I mean, it is like I any mean Donald Trump, I, I think would, would
6: do this. It, it's not necessarily nixful.
9: Highly controversial figures. Just days after he announced his 2024 run for the White House, let's bring in CNN National Report reporter Maeve Reston. Maeve, we have-
6: Mae, two- Maeve's got the, the scoop. Maeve has the scoop.
9: Trump hosting rapper Kanye West, or Ye, um, at mar a See, I
6: thought it was Yee. Yee. Because you say Kanye West. Kanye West. Kanye West. But it's Yee or Yee. Yee.
0: As well as an outspoken Holocaust
9: denier.
6: I will have nothing said about Maeve. Maeve is not a slatternly woman. Maeve would pay for the Toby Carvery in a heart.
0: He's not an outspoken uh, Holocaust denier, to the best of my knowledge. That's, that's a very, fairly minimal part of his thing. That's so possible. You
6: then explain... You then explain what happened, but you do so with an economy, just as in the Milo playbook. You, you do so with an economy, and this is... I mean, you have to admire Milo's ability to run a campaign and run noise and run interference and, I don't know, be a meme. Be a meme and, and propel people into that meme magic. And this is obviously a uh, a Milo original. I think M- Yeezy HQ, Los Angeles, California, Mar-a-Lago debrief.
4: Trump was most perturbed about the...
6: We'll play this in full speed, then we'll slow it down, because every frame of this is white.
4: I think the thing that Trump was most perturbed about, me asking him to be my vice president, I think that was, like, lower on the list of things that caught him off guard. It was the fact that I walked in with intelligence. So Trump is really impressed with Nick Fuentes. And Nick Fuentes, unlike so many of the local-
0: Yeah, so Kanye thinks that uh, Donald Trump is upset that he, Kanye, walked in there with intelligence. He just wasn't expecting that from a black man.
4: There's so many people that he was left with on his 2020 campaign, he's actually a loyalist. When he didn't know where the lawyers is, you'll still have your loyalist. Okay.
6: Okay. Now we're going to slow that down. We're going to unpack everything that was in that 31 seconds. Because that's... It's over in a blink of an eye, but there's so much in there that no one has fucking covered. And you'd think the top A-logs of Nick Fuentes in the sector we have done the show last night unpacking this for six hours, interspersed with super chat, retarded clapping alas alas someone has to do their job for them but better of course because nobody does it better so let's play this so incredibly slowly that we're able to unpack every single frame are you with me okay all aboard let's go let's go let's fucking go so do you see how these are being typed like it's an episode of the x-files this is almost in the exact same format as they do the locations for episodes of the x-files you're supposed to be thinking, this can't be real. You're supposed to be thinking, Doo, do <whistles> do. do do, do do. Milo's a master at making you doubt reality. But then, when crazy things happen within his construct of reality, then you just go with it and you believe in the mean magic.
4: The Trump-
6: so, do you see how this starts at the ceiling and we go down? Because we've gone from stargazing and wondering what the plan is to trust, we've gone from watching the skies. And now we're having it all revealed to us. This pan reveals it to us.
5: And what's being revealed to us
6: is Kanye West on his phone, right? Probably being filmed somewhat surreptitiously. And Milo Yiannopoulos. Uh. Milo Yiannopoulos on camera attempting to brief Kanye West, who's on his phone. Milo Yiannopoulos now looks like he's merged with Richard Spencer. In fact, it looks like Richard Spencer and Catboy Cami have fucked and produced Milo Yiannopoulos.
0: So apparently Nick Fuentes has ended his daily live shows. He's now working for Milo Yiannopoulos. As a, is, he, is he working on Kanye West's presidential campaign? And after he's done working for Milo, only then will he return to his daily shows?
5: Wow. This, be my vice.
6: this is... The whole video is there as an attempt to paint Kanyeism very close to Donald Trump. They have a connection. Kanye West, because of that connection, is an authority on Trump and Trump's mind. Are you with me? I think Yet again, another picture. This is at Trump Tower. This time, um, a different context. But again, you can see how close they are. So therefore, Kanye West must be some sort of insight into the mind of Donald Trump, ex and probably next president. I was like lower on the list. Milo Yiannopoulos. He's, he's reinvented his look and. God knows why he thought that this was an appropriate attire to go in, but he's trusting the plan. Perhaps the plan involves him doing a fusion dance with Catboy Cammy and Richard Spencer. A three-way. But that's Milo Yiannopoulos. Milo Yiannopoulos, the only reason he's actually in this video, and all he's doing is sort of giggling and holding a clipboard and waving his hands while Kanye West is on his phone, but the reason why he's looking official and doing this is purely so he can say that he is running the campaign, Kanye West for president. Milo is a master at knowing how to place himself to generate means. He doesn't have to speak, he doesn't have to talk, he just has to be there, be present looking like a Fed, holding the paperwork, and, and bizarrely looking like, looking like this. For many people, Milo has looked like... Well, he's, he's looked very strange. He's been like Roger the Alien, but this is definitely his most outrageous of disguises. The
5: that
4: Connor...
6: Now, obviously, Kanye West doesn't look Milo in the eyes. Oh, God. I don't even think that Kanye West is aware he's being filmed. But you've got Milo indulging him, laughing, literally being a falling sycophant in order to get Kanye West to say these things. You understand where we're going? <laughs> I so again, we're showing the clip of Fuentes, Kanye West together. So the connections are being made. Milo, Kanye. Kanye, Trump. Trump, Fuentes. And with
4: so Trump is really impressed with Nick Fuentes.
6: Trump is really impressed with Nick Fuentes. Trump is really... Inf- Impressed with Nick Fuentes. Now, do you see how it's edited here? This is Milo's editing, and it's—I have to give credit where it's due. It's masterful. When Kanye says Trump is really impressed with Nick Fuentes, that could be a statement that applies to anything. Maybe he liked, you know, Fuentes's polite manners at the dinner table. Instead, to drive the point home without saying it, Milo has edited this image of Nick Fuentes with a megaphone at a rally to highlight, to, to infer, to heavily imply that Trump was impressed with what Fuentes was saying. And that's the mastery of Milo's edit here. It's to paint that Trump was impressed with Nick Fuentes' viewpoints and what he was saying.
4: And Nick Fuentes, unlike so
5: many of the lawyers and so many people that he
4: was left with on his 2020 campaign, he's actually a loyalist.
13: Nick
6: Fuentes is a loyalist, a loyalist, okay? So that's where we are currently. Now, if you hate Nick Fuentes in America first, and you've been trying to spin coats out of what's been going on, I think it's incredibly difficult to deny the reality of things. Because even if you hate Fuentes and say that Trump didn't know who the fuck he was and all of this stuff, you can't deny that he's literally being endorsed by Kanye West. Kanye West, who literally has an ability to dine privately with Donald Trump and discuss matters not just relating to politics, but his own life. You can't deny that Nick Fuentes is by, at this point, two steps away from Donald Trump. That's the truth. That's 100% the facts. But if you've been A-logging him and saying that he'll never be anything, he'll never amount to nothing, he's just sniffing cum from bedsheets. He's a loser. He's a homosexual. He eats a french fry gay. He's a scrawny dweeb. If that's the angle you've been taking, and you've not really, truly, properly been aware of where Fuentes has been going over the past year, and you've just been attacking his superficiality, right? then this, the Kanye West-Trump revelations... Blow all of that apart. They blow it all to smithereens. And there's a reason why you didn't get a Kino Casino last night, folks. Because they were crying into their pillows. They were, FUFFUFUFULTED! I spent all having a bag of that! is supposed to be completely irrelevant. He's supposed to be a child in a basement with zero political power or influence. That's what you're supposed to think. But because they haven't A-logged him and attacked him on the political points that he's been saying forever, because they wanted to keep it fucking dumb and retarded as fuck so Wolski could clap along and read Super Chats. When a moment of superficial victory, as the one we've seen just, occurs, then they have no methods of defence. There's no holding the line. There's not even a battle, right? I want to show you some, uh, some copes, some absolute copes that we saw, from the people that were, you know, the, the Meadow Sisters, the Casino Hoes. You know, so, so w- this was a cope that was given. Oh, look, he's, he's bombing Nick Fuentes. Okay. But again, it's, it's superficial, it's it's not necessarily like. Yeah, Fuentes is with Yay, but he just met Trump. But did you know that Nick Fuentes is a Mexican catboy, Jewel lover, Christ Cup, Tranny porn, might be gay? Did you know, folks? Did you know? Sometimes you have to literally just take the hat off and tip it across enemy lines. Sometimes you have to recognise when there's a victory. You know, oh, but Kanye West is a false prophet. Look, look at him here. You know, be- beware of false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing. Look, look, they've they have circled Masonic symbols and Kanye West is evil. And... But th- there's no denying the victory we can see before us. Fuentes and Kanye West are best of friends now. To the point where Fuentes last night had to retire. He's basically down tools on his own show because he's destined for greater things. Because he's going to be running the communications for Kanye West's presidential campaign. <laughs> Fuentes has decided that there's a greater power for which to serve. And if you're a casino sister and you've been weeping into your into your super chats there, or whatever the fuck they do, if you're really that fucking deluded, then you've been like, oh I just want to show you this one second. So, the announcement from Baked Alaska, yay 24. Um, Nick Fuentes is indefinitely suspending his show after six years whilst he moves full-time into political operations for Kanye West in his bid for the presidency. If you've been saying that Nick Fuentes is literally a child in his basement that has zero, zero hope or chance of being anywhere near the White House or anywhere near serious political influence or power, then that, just there, blows it all out of the fucking water.
5: Oh
0: yeah, going to work for Kanye West. Presidential campaign that really shows you're one savvy political operator.
6: Your whole argument, every show that you've strung out for six or seven hours every week is blown out of the fucking water. You are completely fucking decimated by baked Alaska, no less. Nick says that the show is not over and not cancelled. You know, he's literally just taking a step back to run this fucking campaign alongside Milo Yiannopoulos. And I genuinely do think that they're going to get Kanye a few hundred thousand votes. I genuinely do think that this is going to be a springboard and great political experience for Nick Fuentes in run.
0: Yeah, uh, count me skeptical, like running communications for Kanye West presidential campaign is not exactly... The
14: Good to see you both, David. I want to start with rhetoric. you. Talk to me. I mean, this is not the first time that Donald Trump has fraternized uh, someone that, with the likes of, of Fuentes. And, and
0: We've all fraternized with the uh, disreputable characters.
14: Yet it can never, it can absolutely never become normalized.
15: Yeah, that, that's exactly right. At least I think everybody can make their own.
0: Can never become normalized. Do you know anyone well? Right, if you know anyone well, they're just filled with socially unacceptable aspects to, to their personality. All right. Everyone holds you know, negative views of outgroups, groups. Everyone has engaged in, in shameful behavior. People, when they have their guard down, they say all sorts of things that are not politically correct. Uh, the news media here is just insist- insisting that uh, anyone in public life particularly in political life that they must be you know cleaner than Caesar's wife and
15: it's his own judgment about Donald Trump, the man, and what's in his heart. But what we do know is there's a pattern of giving aid and comfort to racists, uh, to anti-Semitic individuals, to bigots, and that's true of Mar-a-Lago just this week. I think, look, we're, we're overlooking the fact that he also had dinner with Kanye coming out of the last four to six weeks. This has not been a good moment for Kanye's personal convictions either. So for Donald Trump to plead ignorance just simply doesn't make any sense whatsoever. He There is a pattern of this that was affirmed. The bigger question, does it matter for Republicans? I think the side...
0: Wow, all the mainstream commentary on this is so shallow. It's so boring. It's so limited. It's just in this tiny little box. It's right within the Overton window. It's just adding nothing. Right? Is there a single perspective here you haven't heard 10,000 times?
15: Silence is fairly interesting. Mm-hmm. Look, you've got a whole bunch of Republicans hoping that this is the end of Donald Trump, but they're not willing...
0: That's absurd that a dinner with Nick Fuentes would prove to be the end of Donald Trump. Absolutely
15: absurd. to be the ones to place their bet on that. So if Donald Trump emerges in the Republican primary as the frontrunner, expect them all to get right back behind him like they did four years ago.
14: Juanita, your thought on this guest list?
10: Look, it's no surprise. Trump ran on white supremacy and anti-Semitism and bigotry in 2016 and
0: 2020. What is she talking about? Trump ran on anti-Semitism and bigotry and white supremacy in 2016. What, what, what planet does she live on? OK, I can't take it. Let's see if CNN is any better at CNN:
14: Welcome Trump back to State of the about. Union. Former President Trump is attempting to defend a meal he shared this week with rapper Kanye West, who now goes by If
0: you find it very troubling that Donald Trump had a meal with Nick Fuentes and Kanye West, that your life is empty it is bereft of, of meaning and purpose aren't there a hundred thousand more important things in the world to be troubled by and why would you be troubled about things over which you have no control you have no control zero control over who donald trump has has dinner with like i i strive to minimize how troubled i feel over things about which i have no control
14: ...by Ye and white nationalist and Holocaust denier Nick Fuentes. Trump insisted Friday that he had...
0: White nationalist Holocaust denier, just easy put downs, not sure that they're accurate there.
14: ...previously known Fuentes. But a source tells CNN he found the white supremacist, quote, very interesting, particularly Fuentes' ability to rattle off statistics and data and his familiarity...
0: And that source being Milo Yiannopoulos
14: with Trump. Here with me now is Arkansas Republican Governor Asa Hutchinson, who is considering challenging Donald Trump for the 2024 GOP nomination. Governor, thank you so much for joining me. Uh, I know as U.S. attorney in Arkansas, you personally prosecuted white supremacist groups. What's your reaction to seeing a former U.S. president associate with someone like that?
16: Well, I hope someday we won't have to be responding to what uh, uh, former President Trump has said or done. In this instance, it's important.
0: So should people be driven out of public life if they associate with Black Lives Matter, uh, racist, terrorists, uh, an organization largely responsible for thousands of extra murders in the United States and massive dislocation to the lives of millions of people? Right now. Now, Black Lives Matter activists, I think, are 10,000 times more worthy of condemnation than, no, that's an exaggeration. They are 100 times more worthy of condemnation than Nick Fuentes. Important
16: to respond. And as you mentioned, the last time I met with a, a white supremacist, it was in an armed standoff. I had a bulletproof vest on. Uh, we arrested okay. them, prosecuted them, sent them to prison. And so.
0: Okay. I really tried to get the mainstream media perspective on this, but it's too boring. Let's get back to Richard's. Being
2: online in 2016, where tweets were going viral and liberals were crying, and it just felt like even doing social media kind of had an impact. I mean, I often feel now, I mean, I'll kind of put out my thoughts or I'll kind of, I'll use Twitter as like a rough draft for something that I'm thinking through. Uh, But, you know, it it doesn't, I don't really go on Twitter for years now and feel like we're fighting the meme war, you know. It's just, at least for me, it does not have that feeling at all, nor probably
0: yeah, it doesn't have that feeling because you lost, you were humiliated, you proved to be unpopular, you proved to be a very poor leader of the movement and the movement overwhelmingly turned against you. It's not that you just had this great you know, philosophical, moral, spiritual awakening and you decided to transform from being someone, you know, a rabble rouser and, and now you're choosing to live life on a higher plane. You, you're driven out of your previous position. Richard, it's not that uh, you just simply evolved on your own.
2: All of that stuff was an illusion. But I do think that there are people who are trying to revive this, and they've got their hands on this billionaire. And what's interesting about Kanye is, you know, when the the controversy first struck a month ago.
0: Crazy. Isn't it crazy that people would try to revive something that worked? Isn't it crazy that people would try to revive something that was compelling and entertaining and fun and resulted in a Trump victory? Why would people want to revive something that won and was fun and was funny and was compelling and uh, millions of people enjoyed? Gee, why would people want to revive that as opposed to something that was dour and sucked and resulted in a loss? Gee, I, I just don't know why people would want to revive procedures, tactics, policies that work. Gee, why would people want to go back to the world for something that works but they could do something that's been proven to fail time and time again and is boring and sucks and is icky. Gee, I wonder why people would want to recapture something that is fun and exciting.
2: There was all of he, he was working hand in glove with uh, Candace Owens and they went to Paris Fashion Week together and, you know, donned uh, white lies. matter.
0: Candace Owens may be the bravest person in American public life. I mean, she says some goofy things, but overall the, the level of bravery that she displays in the most important issue in, in America today, which is crime and the small subset that is committing the overwhelming numbers of, of those crimes. And and Candace Owens does more than any pundit, uh, of which I'm aware to point out the responsibility for America's massive crime problem. The good that she does, the bravery that she shows in my mind, far outweighs you know, the goofy things that she does.
2: Her t-shirts or whatever in Helvetica typeface, black shirt with white letters, in the reverse, and etc. And she was actually, from what I can tell, behind Kanye's rise in 2018 when he started making noise and the next thing you know, he was in the White House. Now, Kim Kardashian also got invitations to the White House to, for prison reform or something. Um, but Kanye was there to engage in philosophy reform, I guess. Just his you know unending, illogical semi-coherent mostly incoherent ramblings about religion and
3: being
0: gee just imagine that a a rapper tends to be incoherent and rambles and uh, doesn't make a whole lot of sense gosh this this must be the first rapper who who lacks a coherent political ideology i'm shocked i guess
2: so this has happened before. Candace has instigated it. There's clearly like a connection between Candace Owens. Uh, he purchased Parlor. I, I, am I, am I right to say that that went through? I think it did. But anyway, um, he was at least talking about purchasing Parlor. I think he has. I don't know how much that's worth. And he certainly, even with all his deals falling through, he certainly still has the cash to do that. But, um, you know, Parlor is owned and operated by Candace Owens' husband. So there's a lot. I mean, just to call all of this like self-serving is an understatement. It, it is, he's got, I mean,
0: as opposed to the rest of public life, right? As opposed to what's going on here on CNN. That's so no, I don't think
16: it's a good idea for a, a leader that's setting see, an example for the country or the party to meet.
10: I see two very
0: self-serving people talking there. What about
10: here? Is this self-serving? I, I frankly feel like uh, people need to be able to walk and chew gum at the same time.
0: This Did we just forget about the anti-Semitism
17: You're exactly right. And the point you're making is the most important part.
0: Right, you're exactly right. They're all patting each other on the back. They all seem pretty self serving to me. I, I don't see how what uh, Donald Trump is doing is just, you know, so incredibly self serving as opposed to what? As opposed to like what I'm doing right now is self serving to to a large degree. Right. We all are self serving 95% of the time, right? Normal person is self serving 95% of the time. We call someone is self serving 99% of the time, 98% of the time or more call that person selfish because someone who's self-serving 92% of the time, we call them altruistic and unselfish, right? 95% is about the normal. So being self-serving is frequently the, the healthy, normal way to go.
2: I think Kanye is genuine. I obviously, you know, the kind of weird Christian anti-Semitism, plus we are the Jews because we're the blood of Christ and blood, uh, needless to say, this is not...
0: My father preached that for decades, right? My father, evangelical Christian, two PhDs, right? From, you know, one from the University of Manchester, one from Michigan State University, right? My father preached for decades that evangelical Christians are the true Jews, that uh, the Jews who call themselves the Jews today, they're the fake Jews, right? My father preached this for, for many decades. Right? This is not something unique to Kanye. Uh, tens of millions of Christians believe this. It's
2: not my cup of tea, and I find it, pretty dumb to be frank and I, I actually don't think it's like ultimately productive I mean I who knows but whatever it's not my cup of tea but I do think Kanye to be fair Kanye I do feel like he is genuine I think he is a good faith actor now
0: right, people aren't genuine or good faith actors versus uh, not genuine uh, bad faith actors we're all good faith actors in some parts of our life and we dissemble in other parts of our life None of us are always honest, always brave, always true, always good, right? We all have parts of our lives that are upstanding where we're good faith actors, where we're genuine, right? Where we come from the heart. And then we have other parts of our lives where we simply treat people on a transactional basis. There are like these good guys and then bad guys. There are good faith actors, but bad faith actors. There are genuine people and fake people, right? There are people who in different situations, turned out to be honest or dishonest, to be good or, or bad. But you can't essentialize people, right? This is the same thing that the, the news media does, that Nick Fuentes is a holocaust denier. That is only one tiny, tiny aspect of what he does. It's not a main focus of what he does. It's, it's no way to essentialize Nick Fuentes and to describe uh, Kanye West as a good faith actor. Kanye West is frequently a bad faith actor, Kanye West is, you know, frequently an uh, obnoxious, out of control, you know, irresponsible, antisocial lout. And, and then there may be, you know, some things that he does where he's a good faith actor. But uh, Richard Spencer, the news media, they can't help essentializing people as, oh, these are the good people, these are the genuine people, these are the truth tellers. When in fact, we're all genuine, good, and truth tellers in some areas of our life, and we're all fake, dissembling, dishonest slippery characters in other areas of our life we all tend to have areas of our life where we shine where we brave other areas of our life where we're ashamed and dark and deceitful right no man is always righteous always truthful always in good faith
2: candace look she's uh, she might believe what she says to some degree she's a she's a grifter and she's just gonna do her thing and she sees a billionaire.
0: Candace is a grifter. Candace is incredibly brave, right? How is Candace Owens a grifter and Richard Spencer is not, right? All grifter means is here's another put down that I'm going to throw at someone because I'm too lazy to articulate why I really despise them or disagree with them. It's another cheap put down, like saying they're obsessed or, saying that they don't matter or I don't know who they are. These are all just cheap put-downs that people use when they're too lazy to think through and articulate an idea. Grifter simply means they're making money that I believe truly belongs to be. How dare they fundraise more effectively than I do? Oi, oi, vey, I'm going to call them a grifter.
2: He's getting kicked off social media, and she suggested he purchase the social media company of her husband. I mean, I can't imagine something more grifty than that. Now
0: doesn't strike me as grifting at all it just strikes me as common sense right it's a a grift when when a wife seeks to arrange a lucrative deal for her husband or convinces someone to do something that is going to help out her spouse it strikes me as reasonable healthy even noble.
2: milo has re-entered the scene now i think a lot of us thought that milo was really over i mean milo was he became a kind of poster boy for gamergate first off and then he became a poster boy for the alt-right for a while. And I think was ultimately pushed aside in favor of myself. I think he, to be honest here, I think he, he has a long-term grudge about this. And then when these...
0: As opposed to Richard Spencer, he doesn't have grudges against anyone. Right? Richard Spencer really has a good thing to say about any other public commentator, any other activist on the right. Okay, so it's just kind of... We're hearing Richard call out Milo for having a grudge against him.
2: His tapes reemerged of him talking to Joe Rogan, where he was in effect excusing pedophilia and and really pedophilia of the worst kind.
0: Oh my God! So so uh, what, what Milo on, on Joe Rogan? He, he doesn't treat you know pedophilia as the most evil thing in all of history, and it's like the the uh, the one thing that you can't uh, that you can't uh, m- make fun of. Right? They're supposed to be just like you know one, one attitude that that we can have to pedophilia, and uh, that's that's just it.
5: Hello,
13: freak bitches!
8: Believe what's on salon dot Look, so it's impossible to believe those things in good faith because you have to lie to make the, You have to lie so much to yourself and to others in order to make those arguments. That I, I just it is one long. Practical joke. That site. It is just a gigantic <laughs> it's piece the of onion. satire. I'm convinced it's funded by the Koch brothers to discredit uh, liberalism. I'm convinced. Really? I'm absolutely convinced. If think... you trace, if you trace the salon money back far enough, you will discover, you will discover the surname. Coke, because it is the only explanation for how badly Salon discredits progressivism. It is the only explanation. Just today, they published another editorial from this fucking pedophile. Um, you know who I wrote about, and he wouldn't even dare bring my name up because he's too scared to get into it with me because he knows he'd lose. I probably You know, he published this thing about how you know I'm a pedophile, but I don't act on it. Um, right after I'd exposed a pedophile, Sarah Nyberg in gamergate right, and it went all over the world, and it was this huge story well, that well, I broke. Well, hold on. Then, I'm sorry. Stop, I mean, I'm going to stop. I'm I exposed this... You exposed have a pedophile. Like this. I exposed this pedophile. Um, you know, she was backed up and they doubled... All the social justice warriors doubled down and protected her uh-huh. because she was, you know, on message, basically. She had the right politics, so they stuck right. up for a fiddler. This is the state of the modern left. Um, directly after that, with uh, coincidental timing, Salon publishes this thing by a pedophile saying, oh, well, I'm a pedophile, but I don't act on it, which is precisely the defense that, that this, yeah. this person used. Um, so I respond and I, you know, and I and I, I, did, a, I did a very good piece and I, I uh, urge all of your listeners to seek it out because it really is excellent journalism um yeah it was called um something like this is why the left so this is why liberal this is why progressives uh, stick up for pedophiles explains why um pedophiles can get away with this stuff and why um why progressives and liberals back them um you think people
13: back pedophiles?
8: Yes. Who, they who do. backs pedophiles? Well, they make excuses for them. As, than, they make oh, excuses for them. As Salon just one, did today. Today yeah. they gave a space to this guy who is a pedophile, about whom there is horrific stuff online, which hasn't come out yet. Which you know you should watch this space for that, because I know Stephen Crowder knows about some of it, and so do I. Um, excuse me. Uh, you should. You so you should, this
13: guy who wrote this. Au- this guy who wrote this article, article, Did he give his real wrote name? a second?
8: Yeah, yeah, under his own name. This is wow. how brazen they are. Um, wrote a second piece for Salon today playing the victim, saying that he came out as a paedophile and he's been subjected to right-wing hate so he he's says been, you know, this he's is the right wing machine wrong. in action he, he's, he's saying this I'm is a the pedophile. guy only has one hand i'm a correct? pedophile and I, I think so i'm a pedophile and i don't act on it and i did this like piece and everyone like came out and said that um it was really supportive and it was really great and that they i'd help people to get through their own experiences and everyone was really sympathetic except the right wing hate machine um meaning me although he didn't dare mention me by name um you uh, the, are the white right
13: wing hate machine well apparently according to him mm.
8: um you know uh uh, uh so the right wing hate machine had the merity to say we think pedophilia is wrong <laughs> you know? and, and why is salon giving a platform for th- to this guy when there's so much dirt on the internet suggesting that he has physically touched young girls for example um you know and i'm gonna promise- there is yeah there is uh, oh, okay and, uh, well that's
13: um, a completely different argument right yes.
8: well this is the thing salon gave no
0: there's there's no evidence that milo is, is a pedo
8: Platform that to this guy, and Salon ought to have known about this allegation. If you're going to, if you're going to make space on your platform for a self-confessed pedophile, mm-hmm. and you will, you know, you will only find this on the left.
0: Okay, so this is Milo Yiannopoulos from the Joe Rogan Experience, episode seven hundred two, took place February twenty-one, twenty
8: seventeen. This is what I mean by the left sticking up for pedophiles. They make excuses for them. They try to legitimise them. They try to give it. They try to habilitate this as, um as an unfortunate sexual orientation, rather than, you know these people being dangerous predators that we need to be protected from but well, i've never that seen they, that but you're well, saying this all i've seen is this one atten- article pay, 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 where this up, guy is disc- um, discussing
13: this but no it's honestly you know, all bullshit aside like yes. psychologists and sociologists and neuroscientists have tried to figure out what it is that causes someone to have these desires yes, but we
8: know from the transgender debate the left doesn't care about that what it cares about is who it can uh, you know who where it can place people in the oppression olympics well, in the victim hierarchy and pedophiles i'm telling you i'm warning you now that is
13: the worry warning that you now
8: have, i'm warning you now is that pedof- that is the pedophiles pedophiles are going to be the next transgender has been won now they've won they've won that battle it's over um do you think so yes honestly absolutely it's it's done and dusted we lost Well, don't you think we lost Uh, and by we i mean people who actually wanted to find out what the science said What i objected to is simply telling people lies born this way is a lie and you know because isn't it a
13: true story with some of them
8: like nobody that's holding the signs because most of the ones holding the signs the militant homosexuals are the ones that chose to be gay to get at people now do um, gays disagree like with did. you
13: uh do, do you have like debates with gay people about yeah, this, or is this well most
8: gays won't debate me because they know they'll lose um wow, because well confident. they've got woman brains they're not very good at logic um, got woman but
13: brains
8: i'm just kidding you accused me of trolling earlier, so I thought,
13: I'd better well, live up to, I, thought I better live up to the reputation. Well, you, you certainly do. And you're also very aware that uh, you, your right-wing views and the, the right-wing are you really views are kind of a little bit of a right-wing bend to you. You talk about conservatives <laughs> and <they laughs> dress, Actually, it you the wear left. a suit and tie. This, this right-wing thing, suit and tie, though, is conservative, like not? a good way to align yourself in the club is you have to espouse Christian values or talk no, no, about no, being no. Christian. I don't,
8: I don't give a stuff about what the conservative establishment thinks of me. If I did, my career would have turned out very differently. I've, I, you know, I, I would have chosen a very different path through my professional life. You know, I was at the Telegraph, you know, the, the most, um, respectable establishment newspaper in England, uh, eight years ago. If I'd wanted to be, you know, a scion of the, of the, conservative Republican establishment, I could have done that. I did the very exact opposite. I've stuck my nose up and my middle finger up at, the con- at, at conservatives at every available opportunity. I, bright, I Poor poor Breitbart, who put up with so much from me, you know, they publish black dick jokes every week from me, uh, and that is a direct assault on the kind of stomach churn that the, that the conservative right is always said to have about gay things, right? I don't just tell them I'm gay. I tell them I'm sucking black dick, right? Yeah, I, but you I write, write some really good up. columns. I and do, and they're very, they're very funny they and entertaining, with. and I'm right about everything. And but,
13: it also puts my, them you, in a very interesting place where sh- they can say, "Look, we have a gay
8: guy working for us." I don't think Breitbart gives a stuff um, about whether people think they're homophobic or not. They certainly wouldn't hire me. Oh, for they tokenism. certainly do. No, they, of course everybody, they don't, they everybody don't care. does. Trust me, trust me. Oh, okay. Breitbart doesn't care. Breitbart doesn't care All if you're right. think they homophobic. <laughs> they're not, but they don't care if you do. Right. They, what, they, what they care about is is the facts of what they publish and the facts of what they publish. But this most whole of the picture time that we're see, painting here exactly is right. so
13: strange. Is someone who believes. But doesn't practice. You believe in religion, but you don't practice any of the things that that religion espouses, especially the sexual well, I stuff. I would say any of the things. Yeah, just, well, what the, but the Catholic Church bought out the book. You could buy it now, but it's like a well, now it got republished okay, that's, that's, a few uh, years ago by this guy named Jan Irvin, and you, so you can get a hold of it now. Mm-hmm. You got the right guy to molest.
8: <laughs> it wasn't molestation. It was, That's absolutely molestation. It was a molestation.
13: It was perfectly consensual. I don't think it is when they're 14. When
8: I was 14, trust me, I was the predator. Um, oh. I was the predator. You were 14. the predator. You I were was chasing the, after the I priest. Was, the instigator. He was trying to stay close to God. I was I was, mm. I was aggressively seeking out sexual company of adults.
0: Yes, there are 14-year-olds who are sexual predators who seek to entice adults. Now, legally, the adults need to be held responsible, but i don't find this
8: because i knew it would horrify people because i wanted sort of power over them it was my way of rebelling Uh, Um, my way of rebelling i was i was the predator at 14 let me tell you
13: do you think that's what's going on with that guy who directed x-men bunch of brian singer yeah a bunch of 14 Um, year old predators yeah going after that poor man
8: i i I, i'm not sure (laughs) it's
13: the case with him no (laughs) (laughs)
8: that's a guy you know i lived in hollywood a a, a while ago uh, did you briefly and did you go um, to one of his parties I I went to other people who I won't name um, mm-hmm. of a similar stature in Hollywood. I went to their boat parties, and to their house parties, and things. And some of the things I have seen have beggared belief. Yeah. yeah. Can you give us like a? Well, just I can't. I don't want to be indiscreet about specific people. Right. You know. Because don't have I to think it's going just to dance be, around the facts. Yeah, dangerous. Okay. But I can tell you the truth without dropping anyone in it. Okay. I mean, some of the boys, there were very young. Very young. And And this is really recently? I don't remember. No, no, like, I don't know, eight years ago. Um, I don't remember. Stratural
13: limitations.
0: He doesn't know how very young could mean a 22-year-old looks 15. So he's not saying that he saw a bunch of (laughs) (laughs) nine-year-olds.
8: I don't remember um, whether I ever met Brian Singer or whether Mm -hmm. I I even...
0: Right, and Rich is going to criticize him for not going to the police. Right, just because you see boys at a party who look 16 doesn't mean that they are 16.
8: I knew who he was then, but I knew other people of similar stature, as I say, and there were some very young boys around at that time. There was a lot of drugs and a lot of... Um, twinks. A lot of twinks taking drugs and having unsafe sex with older men, and some of these boys were very young. Desperate, what did you think desperate about for a job, you know. When
0: yeah, but very young, meaning what? 18, 21, right, to a 70-year-old right someone who's 21 is a very young boy andy cohen
13: the guy old. who runs bravo had to apologize for the use of the word twink i thought Why would that you was apologize for twink i thought that was one of the most adorable things i've ever you, seen in my he life is he gay
8: yes gay as
13: fuck and he, he said the word as... twink and he
8: had to apologize for saying twink yes. because
13: what because it was demeaning to...
0: okay so now richard goes after milo for those comments
2: i mean he was bragging about joking about being abused by a priest saying it was an, it could be an amazing experience when
0: Okay, and what's, what's obviously that's not an ideal way to express your sexuality, but I think Milo's public career should be should be ended because he joked about when he was underage he had sex with a priest.
3: One thing I
2: remember, he actually made a claim that in all his LA partying that he does, and all these amazing parties that he's invited to. I mean, again, I. <laughs> All of these claims are pretty dubious, but that he saw very young boys, you know, being abused in some ways at these parties. Now, if you witness, again, I actually think he's lying, to be honest, because I think he's a sociopath and a liar. But regardless, he might be telling the truth. And if you've witnessed this, the notion that you don't name names or go to the police is absurd. And, it, you know, it's kind of interesting how-
0: Why is it absurd? A lot of people look 16 when they're 21. Is, you go to a party, you maybe inebriated yourself, and you think some of these guys look very young. And what, you call the police the next day on, on the basis of your suspicions. You, you try to check their driver's license. No
2: one, no one focuses on that, because I think basically at the end of the day, everyone just assumes Milo's lying. And so they're like, yeah, well, you know, probably nothing can be done. You know, he's just, you know, it's, he's just lying about something. He saw something who knows what he saw I think it's just a liar
0: okay so I played Milo's comments that uh, Richard here is castigating and I don't think Milo's comments are worthy of castigation
2: um but he was just bragging about it but I, it was all in his like more a kind of broader attempt to put a gay face on right-wing politics and he's now putting a kind of black face on right-wing politics so we've replaced Trump with Kanye this rap artist whatever I mean again I don't even hate Kanye but look this is really weird and um then he's also i think pretty consciously replacing me or some 2016 version of myself uh and putting a the face
0: so here's the context milo hates richard spencer hates milo because milo released this richard spencer rant
5: we're coming like a fucking hundred times i am so mad. I am so fucking mad at these people. They don't do this to fucking me! We're gonna fucking racialistically humiliate them! I am coming back here every fucking weekend I have to. Like this is never over. I win. They fucking lose! That's how the world fucking works. Little fucking kites. They get ruled by people like me. Little fucking rooms I fucking, my ancestors fucking enslaved the face of the fucking shit. I rule the fucking world! Those pieces of shit get ruled by
8: people like me! They look up
5: and see a face like mine looking down at them! That's how the fucking world works! We are going to destroy this fucking town! Okay, so I am that's, coming.
0: that's that's why Richard hates Milo because Milo released that, that audio. Let's check it out
18: Jf18. Apparently
19: did go. You know, I wasn't sure when I was reporting it two days ago. Apparently did go to uh, Mar a Lago with Nick Fuentes, and I believe Milo Yiannopoulos was involved at some point. <sighs> and you know, when Milo is around, as someone was pointing out on Gab, so, so the next uh, future hope for white nationalism in America is a trio formed by a Mexican, a incel an Mexican, a gay Jew, and a black rapper. Something is wrong here. <laughs> If if you want to hang on to this as being...
0: Yeah, maybe they're not white nationalists. Maybe that isn't what primarily animates them. Maybe they are primarily social media personalities, content creators, right? Uh, maybe this isn't the second coming of the Ku Klux Klan, all right And also plenty of Mexicans identify as white. Plenty of gay Jews identify as white. There's nothing incompatible between Mexican and identifying as white. There's nothing incompatible between Jewish and identifying white. 95% of Jews in America, according to surveys, identify as white. Jews overwhelmingly prefer to live in, in white neighborhoods.
19: The source of any sort of advancement for America, this trio formed by Kanye, Milo, and Nick, you will be disappointed. Here's the thing. I've been fascinated by the path of Kanye, and I think he's made some good stuff in the last few weeks. And it would be kind of funny if he wants to do a presidential run but the more he flirts around Nick Fuentes and Milo, the more he will be dragged into a search for fabulous mimetics. That will ha-
0: oh, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's Kanye West who's going to be dragged down by Nick Fuentes and, and Milo, right? It's not that uh, Kanye West ever drags people down. The fabulous artist Kanye West, this innovative, groundbreaking intellectual, right? he's in danger of being dragged down by... The shady characters by another name. Have
19: no purpose but to drag attention. And they're going to fail in the
7: mud.
0: Oh, as opposed to Kanye West, as opposed to myself, or as opposed to JF Garapi, right? We're all competing in the attention economy. Whether we like it or not, you're competing in the attention economy, I'm competing in the attention economy. Just some people are better at it than others. Nick Fuentes, Kanye West, Donald Trump, Kwame right? they're very good, very successful at competing in the attention economy.
19: ...other in America, especially because Trump will be annoyed at all this. He's not going to be interested. Uh, people don't want to be associated with anti-Semitism. And Kanye has been marked by the mark of the beast forever. So there is limited realization here. There is no leverage. It's not like this trio can change Trump or change the Republican Party. And so I'm very uh, put off. In a way, I would have been more amazed at what Kanye could have done on his own than with the current uh, duo of Milo Yiannopoulos plus Nick Ferrantes who basically have nothing else to do but to drag attention toward them. And that's what they're trying to do right now. So let's see the report of Milo on this question.
4: I think the thing that Trump was most perturbed about, me asking him to be my vice president, I think I was like lower
19: on the list. <laughs> so here's the thing. You, you went to Trump and you asked him to be your vice president. This
0: is- wait, 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 wait. J.F. is criticizing Nick Fuentes, uh, Kanye West, uh, Donald Trump, Milo Yiannopoulos uh, for a dinner because... The basis of JF's critique is that this dinner is not going to change the Republican Party. It was just a dinner, bro. Sometimes a cigar is just a cigar. A dinner is just a, a dinner. A dinner doesn't have to change the trajectory of one of America's two major political parties to have some significance or simply be fun and entertaining to talk about.
19: It's trolling. So you won't accomplish anything with trolling. And you, tro- you troll Trump. You troll one of the person who still respects you enough to have a
4: meeting with you openly. There's some things that caught him off guard. It was the fact that I walked in with intelligence. So Trump is really impressed with Nick Fuentes. And Nick Fuentes, unlike so many of the lawyers and so many people that he was left with on his 2020 campaign, he's actually a loyalist. When he didn't know what the lawyers is, you'll still have your loyalists. And when all the lawyers said, forget it, Trump's done, there are loyalists running up in the White House, right? And my question would be, why, when you had the chance, did you not free the January 6ers? And I came to him as someone who loves Trump, and I said, go and get Corey back. Go and get these people back.
0: It's just amusing that, but JF thinks he's above attention-seeking. I mean, JF, who publicizes like anti-vaccine studies of just the very lowest order, just like absolute tripe, just complete trash. Like JF, who's got a PhD in neuroscience, did postdoc work at Duke, but he will promote you know, the, the scuzziest, the stupidest, the, the least impressive scholarship if it, uh, it resonates with his audience or with, with JF's uh, feelings at the time. And somehow he, he condemns Nick Quintez and Milo Yiannopoulos as, as being attention seekers.
4: At the media tried to cancel and told you to step away from it. He basically gives me this would-be mob-esque kind of story, talking to some kid from the South Side of Chicago, trying to sound mobby or whatever. He goes into the story about all that he went through to get Alice Johnson out of jail, and how he didn't do it for Kim, but he did it for me. But then he goes on to say... So Trump
19: gave him a mob-style speech about, hey, I got through trouble just to help you, and now you're telling me that. You want me to be your vice president? You, you come to my home and insult me like this? Uh, I think that was Trump telling Kanye to relax and uh, don't become an impediment to Trump.
4: That Kim is a... <laughs> you can tell I said that.
19: And I was thinking, like, that's the mother of my children. Since we know, and all the Christians in America... That- so not clear to me, but uh, he insults Kim. Okay.
0: I mean, how dare anyone insult Kim Kardashian, right? Someone who released a sex tape to become famous, someone who's famous for, for being famous. But uh, Kim Kardashian is supposed to be you know, above above criticism, above insult. This regal lady, right? Our, our American royalty, Kim Kardashian. How dare anyone insult her?
19: But that Kim is not uh, Kim
4: is not the girlfriend of uh, of Kanye anymore. Trump know that Trump is a conservative. We're going to demand that you hold all policies directly to the Bible. When Trump started basically screaming at me at the table,
0: it's insane to expect that. Uh, <laughs> American politics in 2021 can or should conform all politics to the Bible, right? The Bible was written approximately 3,000 years ago, right? You're not going to be able to conform all, all politics to the Bible.
3: tell me I
4: was going to lose. I mean, has that ever worked for anyone in history? are going to lose. Tell me are going to lose. I'm like, hold on, hold on, hold on. You're talking to Ye.
19: So I don't think that Ye can have any major impact in this. And I think it's going to be kind of as-been of a field to, if they do some mimetics around it, it's going to be like, ah, oh, we want attention, we want attention. And th- that's how it turns out with Milo. We've seen it with his dangerous tour, and I want to name the full name of the tour. It's disparate. It's going to become disparate in the same way Milo is disparate. He's just going to transfer his disparate strategy to Kanye, and, uh, and you're going to have Nick Frontes in the back trying to drain some of the magic, some of the energy. Callum Axworth says, I know Jeff and Nick have their beef, but I think this partnership between Ye and Nick can really put pressure on Trump to move towards the Christian right. My God, you are entertaining some uh, positive thoughts here. I don't think that a partnership involving Milo can lead to anything. Anything except grifting, grifting, and grifting. This is what Milo does, and this is what I expect him to be.
0: So grifting, 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 anyone who uses that as a critique just shows that they're empty, that they don't, that they don't have an argument to make. If JF had a competitive, killer powerful argument to make he'd make the argument but he can't so all he does is use these cheap epithets and with all the epithets being thrown around these days uh, grifter has to be pretty close to being the cheapest
19: be teaching to nick and Ye. uh they are in bad hands here they are they, they have basically hired their handler and nothing good can come from it nothing fucking nightmare trump team does damage control after he dines with Ye and white supremacist nick furantes The former president's campaign claims he didn't know anything about Frentes, who joined the rapper under fire for his anti-Semitic remark. So, there is something to be said about the dishonesty of this all. I mean, getting to... I wouldn't want to meet Trump if it was under hidden, secretive or deceptive means. And this is what Nick Frentes has done. Basically, Kanye West said to Trump, hey, I want to have dinner with you. Trump was fooled into thinking, okay, I'm willing to speak with Kanye. But Kanye used the opportunity to bring in Nick Frentes, uh, claiming that he was his... uh, that he was his manager, that somehow he had hired him for the campaign. So it is uh, it is getting to create this encounter under deceptive pretenses. And to me, that's a no-no to begin with. Either in the journalistic, scientific, or political domain, uh, you don't you don't accomplish things with lying. I'm totally against this, what they've done there. Now, it's not that it matters. Uh, Trump Trump will be denying that he knows Nick, and he will be like, I don't know Nick. That's what he said on his Truth Social. First, okay, so you're so disconnected from the internet that you don't know Nick, for instance. And secondly, you let yourself deceived by this little trolling campaign where this guy is brought in front of you through the uh, lies of Kanye West. That is sad. Former President Donald Trump distanced himself Friday from a pre-Thanksgiving dinner at his Mar-a-Lago club in Florida with Ye, formerly known as Kanye West.
0: But most talk show hosts screen their guests, screen their calls, right? Uh... Then there was Larry King, who did not screen calls. He just allowed anyone to call in and just cut them off if they're not contributing to the conversation. So, yeah, there are advantages having a team that screens the people that you have dinner with. There are also advantages to lowering the screening and having more unpredictable guests. It's not like there's, there's one approach that stands head and shoulders above all approaches, that, you know, screening, restricting the flow of information that you get, restricting... the the number of people who can get access to you, restricting the range of opinions you can get. It's not like this restriction is always good and going outside of that Overton window is always bad.
19: And white supremacist Nick Frontes claiming he didn't know the identity of the far-right activist who was unexpectedly brought along with the rapper. This past week, Kanye West called me to have dinner at Mar-a-Lago. Shortly thereafter, he unexpectedly showed up with three of his friends whom I knew nothing about. We had dinner on Tuesday evening with many members present on the back patio. The dinner was quick and uneventful. They then left for the airport. Trump has specified that there's been no anti-Semitism discussed at all. And this is so funny because you get Trump trying to stay within the good good graces of the centrism of America. And it's like, don't worry, there was no anti-Semitism. Well, that won't appease the left. The left will say, well, you dined with an anti-Semite. That is a a no-no. You you should have known or you should have, once you were aware, you should have kicked it.
0: It's very rare that it's useful to describe someone as an anti-Semite, right? Occasionally it's true, right? Sometimes somebody's hatred of Jews, hatred of blacks, hatred of homosexuals is the overwhelming characteristic of that person. But very few people are like that. People are anti-Jewish or anti-black or anti-gay or anti-Christian in certain contexts, right? In certain situations when they're having, you know, a whole lot of negative experiences with this group or they've been influenced by their father, such as Hutton Gibson influencing Mel Gibson, but it, it's rarely a useful label to apply to someone because people are just far more complicated than that. I mean, I had Nick Fuentes on my show for hours and hours. There was absolutely you know, no anti-Jewish hostility coming from him. But yeah, in, in, some, in some times and places, he, he says things that are disparaging of Jews, disparaging of the Talmud. Well, guess what? In the Talmud, there are things that are disparaging of non-Jews. There are things that are disparaging possibly of Jesus, the Jesus of Christianity fame. There, there are plenty of things in the Jewish tradition that are highly disparaging of Christians and Christianity, just as in the Christian tradition, there are a lot of things that are highly disparaging of Jews. Now, I've heard some uh, Jewish rabbis say, yeah, but the difference is in the Jewish tradition, we don't have anything about committing genocide against Christians and in the Christian tradition, they have a lot about committing genocide against Jews, but Jews have rarely been in a position of power where that's even remotely a possibility. So it's very easy for tiny minority groups or always minority groups uh, to disparage how majorities conduct affairs, right? There are responsibilities and challenges for majorities that minorities will, will never know.
19: Them, You should have depersonified them. him. There is no sufficient answer for the left toward a Nick So nothing that he can say or do, will appease them. And on top of it, it's like, do you really think that the left or the centrist of the media will really be, oh okay, you checked that there was no anti-Semitism at the table. That is really good. Good job, Trump. Good job defending the Jews at this uh, dinner. It doesn't work. Yahoo News says Donald Trump dined with white nationalist, Holocaust denier Nick Ferrettes. Uh one of the fascinating thing this sounds totally like Trump. They say that Trump looked at Nick and he was explaining to Kanye West, you have no chance of winning. You're not gonna win. Uh and he looked at Nick Ferrantes and said, Nick you're going to tell this guy, of course, that he has a chance of winning, but you don't believe it. You're telling him because he's your boss. He's employed you for this campaign, so you're going to deceive him, but you don't really think that Kanye has a chance to win. That is what is reported to have been said by Donald Trump. So, if-
0: Yeah, of course, uh, Kanye West doesn't have any chance to win. It's a com- completely bizarre campaign. Kanye West is just a completely bizarre character. I, I guess in certain frames of mind, he can be you know, mildly entertaining. I wonder what's going on with
3: my uh, car. Like, oh, she's uh, putting on some
0: uh, dance moves here, but not not hearing anything. Right, let's get back.
19: It's quite funny just to imagine that this discussion actually happened, that, that there was a, a hidden nick slipped in uh, into Mar-a-Lago by Kanye West, and they have this whole discussion where Donald Trump explains to Kanye West he has no chance. And I don't think he has much of a chance. He does have a chance to have an... He
0: doesn't have any chance. Right, the chat says... The Bible is not a model of a good government in America today. It's like trying to purify a post office by sprinkling holy water.
19: In fact, not to be a president, I think, uh, given the recent uh, comments on the Jews, this would disqualify you in American politics generally, no matter how he wants to approach it, from leading the Republican Party, forget it, uh, being an independent, forget it. Uh, but there's one thing that Kanye West can do. He can steal enough vote from the black community and the Republicans to piss off everyone. That he can definitely do. Uh, and my guess would be that he's going to drain more right wing, right wingish uh, vote such that because the Democrat machine, they're all equipped to to go get their mail-in ballots and go coach people not to vote Kanye. Um, but my guess would be that if he's a player in this election, it's going to be through draining from the right wing, from the Republican Party. And therefore, his ultimate effect would be to force in a Democrat victory once again. He can do that. Now, there's a question about whether he should do this. There's arguments for or against. Uh, I wouldn't be super set on the question. I think it's good to finish the Republican Party. Is it good, though, to continue having this Democrat economy for four more years? Four more years. That's a lot. It's a lot to endure. I don't care either way, personally, because I, I will live well in the Democrat economy, but it would help to have a little bit of a, going back to a Republican economy. That would That would definitely be welcome. That would be my preference. But sometimes it's worth self-sacrificing and and paying a cost to tell the Republicans, as long as you go on this being a pale copy of the Democrat Party, as long as you let the warmongers in, as long as we can't count on you to reduce the size of the state, then fuck you. We're going to do everything we can to get Joe Biden uh, a, a 12th term. Surya says, who is that guy and where did he come from? All of a sudden, what kind of interview technique is that? Did he really think that he could talk to Ye or anyone like that? And he sends a link. Is there somebody in your life? Okay, he's sending a link to Lex Friedman. Well, I've, I've analyzed the Lex Friedman in full, so.
0: Let's get a little uh, Nick Fuentes clip here. I promise to be normal at your family
1: dinner this time. I don't believe in democracy. I do not believe in universal suffrage. I don't support women's rights. I don't support LGBT rights. I believe in race and gender essentialism. I'm Catholic. I'm a Catholic reactionary. I believe that organized Jewry is extremely influential in the United States and pushes america towards an open society liberalism internationalism for their own benefit at the expense of america i think they do that corporately these are all things that i believe
3: i okay big deal who, who really
0: thinks that uh that this guy's gonna pose some some major threat to america all right this is uh Donald Trump on how
18: it's done. Who don't Trump you like? Because I even heard you Trump defended Jackson. Michael Jackson. Well, I did. I defended. I heard your show yesterday, and it was sort of funny and sad at the same time. It is sad, but see, I knew Michael at his peak. He lived. In, he lives in one of your buildings. He lives in Trump Town. He has an. Apartment and he
14: also was around when he was married to Lisa Marie. You were sort of witness to that whole thing.
18: I, I was a part of it because yeah. he met Lisa Marie at Mar-a-Lago.
14: That's right. In
18: Palm Beach, and he fell in love. Come on. I'm telling you, Howard. What are you talking about? Howard. Come here. Look at it me. Was love. I'm this is Howard you're you talking about. L- listen, first of all, it was a little bit of a different Michael. Okay. Michael Jackson, 15 years ago, was the greatest superstar since Elvis. He was all the right. greatest. He had, was he, had he had his day. He had his day, and he blew it. And, right. And, you know, some plastic surgeon blew it for him, okay? I mean, frankly, if, if he didn't have... You know, it started with the Pepsi Cola with the bomb that landed on his head and right. screwed him up, and right. it went on, and... You know, Michael. It's a very tragic thing. Michael Jackson's a, a very smart, very good guy who truly has changed a lot. But oh, wait a second. Him.
9: What do you think? Do you think the guy? I mean, sleeping with kids in that room. Come on, what's up with that? You know, you don't. Well, I know. We spend the... all day trying to
18: chicks. I defended him. I defended him, mm-hmm. and then the announcer asked me, "Well, would you allow your son Eric to spend some time?" I said, "Are you crazy?" He knows, <laughs> Yo, you which was not a good defense. I think. <laughs> yeah. I think I blew. Yeah, but you wouldn't let your son spend any time. In someone's, some adult guy's bedroom anyway, no matter who the guy is. My sons were really cute, beautiful little kids with white hair and gorgeous little kids when, you know, when they were little. And they're still beautiful, but now they're big guys. Answer me this. Eric is 6'6. I'll never forget 10 years ago, Eric was like seven, and Michael was at Mar-a-Lago. Uh-oh. And he said, Trump, Trump. Your son is very beautiful. Oh, no. I must take him to Neverland. Get oh. out of here! Now I thought this was the nicest thing. I said, "Isn't this nice? He's the nicest guy. He wants yeah. to take my son to Neverland." <laughs> then I said, "What is Neverland? <laughs> Where is <laughs> Neverland? You're never going to see what him. What does you know? that mean?" He'd call and say, "Where is Eric?" And Eric, you know, went to school and stuff. And I just couldn't do it. You see how you can get and now sucked in? Oh, I'm very happy about it. You, but see, do you see
1: how you, you can get sucked in? You would have done it. Well, no,
18: but he he probably would have been fine with my son. I, I don't <laughs> think he was going to do it. <laughs> see, that's
0: it probably would have just been be fine. Not, not such a big deal. I will be back in Los Angeles at the end of uh, end of January. All right, let's get more from Richard Spence. No, let's get more here from
3: JF Garrett P. Where is JF?
19: Oh, I will not come back on it. Fox News is giving coverage to the story. White House slams Trump's dinner with Nick Turse, saying bigotry have and hate have no place in America. Well, I thought that uh, that Trump was the boss of hate in America. I thought he was the, uh, basically Hitler, uh, virtually Hitler, literally Hitler. <laughs> Trump has said Francis came with yeah and that he does not know who he is. Bigotry, hate, and anti-Semitism have absolutely no place in America, including at Maryland. Uh,
0: bigotry, hate, and anti-Semitism... is is present with everyone who's interacting with a large number of Jews or with interacting with a large number of people who are very different from you. Uh, Different groups have different interests, different groups have different gifts, different groups have different cultural practices. Of course, you're going to feel positively and negatively towards those who are different from you. But generally speaking, we tend to fear and dislike those who are different. I think Mark Twain says, "Even, even the angels hate strangers, and the Jew is everywhere a stranger. Richard Hanania says, one reason Milo Fuentes will never recapture the magic of 2016, so they used to freak normal liberals out, and it was fun. Now liberals are so hysterical that normal GOP causes them to melt down. don't need some kind of sense performance artist, he has no role. No. The left is simply more effective. People learn over time. The left is much more effective at dealing with the alt-right, the distant right, with MAGA, than they were back in 2015, 2016. It's not that uh, liberals are just so hysterical that uh, anything sends them into full meltdown. Um, Liberals and the left can be highly effective. They are frequently highly effective. They're at least as effective as Republicans.
19: It's amazing to see Democrats care about the level of hate present at (laughs) Mar-a-Lago. It seems that you shouldn't be surprised at all. It seems, based on leftist discourse, that Trump is literally orange Hitler Therefore, him meeting with young Hitler and accompanied by black Hitler, that would be what you expect. But you can see that the Democrats don't even believe in their bullshit when, when they say something like this. Like, there shouldn't be eight at Mar-a-Lago. Well, according to your discourse, that would disqualify Trump from being at Mar-a-Lago. Holocaust denial is repugnant and dangerous, and it must be forcefully condemned. All right, so th- that was the noise made by the fellows of the meme, uh, Milo, Nick, Kanye. A good, a nice, and somewhat fun round of mimetics, but that came at the cost of deception and what's going to happen eventually is that Kanye West will lose his ins with Trump it's probably already happened in the sense that Trump will never again entertain a request by Kanye you don't betray
0: so memetics comes from the word mimicry so I, I don't see how using the word mimetics is some powerful critique here
19: you don't betray someone like Trump uh, without paying the price eventually and Trump was on Truth Social. He said, "Yay, formerly known as Kanye West, was asking me for."
0: Okay, this is uh, a fairly dull, boring analysis. Let's get some riches. Face
19: of this, I guess now
2: formerly gay, uh, you know, both he claims both Catholic and Jewish identity. Who knows what the hell he is? Again, when you're dealing with a liar, just take any everything they
0: when you're dealing with a liar, right? In in which circumstances, I'm sure there are areas where Milo is truthful and there are areas of his life where he dissembles, just like say for me or for JF or for Richard or for for Donald Trump. We all have areas in our lives where we're consistently honest. We all have areas in our lives where we're consistently not honest.
2: They say with a truckload of salt. I mean, it's all bullshit. I don't even know what, there's no even point in speculating about like what he actually believes or oh, is, is he really dedicated
0: Oh, as opposed to Richard Spencer. Oh, no point in even speculating, what does Richard Spencer really believe? Richard Spencer's been absolutely all over the map. To me, that just makes him entertaining and compelling. I I don't look to Richard Spencer for the truth. I I look to him for intellectual entertainment. But all all these critiques that uh, Richard is making about Milo, thousands of people have made the identical critiques about Richard, and they they have as much validity with regard to milo as they do with regard to richard
2: did judaism oh is he a catholic was he gay is he now not gay is he now it's just the guy's a sociopath there's no identity there. you're just like you're, you're in a
0: as opposed to richard who's been all over the place with his politics house of mirrors yeah you're in a house of mirrors like what's
2: real what's an reflection i don't know i mean it's just all nonsense
0: and so As opposed to the Richard Spencer, who was always drinking liquor every time he went on a live stream between 2015 and 2018, as far as I remember, but now sounds completely different that he's uh, largely given up drinking.
2: I think, you know, look, I would say this about Nick Fuentes. I guess I'm in a very fair mood tonight. I do think that Nick Fuentes, no matter how obnoxious I might find him, at least least his public persona, I do think he's actually a good faith actor. I don't think he's just a lying sociopath. I think he,
0: People rarely are just good faith actors or lying sociopaths, right? People are good faith actors in some things, and they're sociopathic in other things. Richard and the news media always want to essentialize people as good or bad, as you know, anti-Jewish or pro-Christian or pro-white or anti-black, or people are complicated. And this idea that you can just designate them: oh, these are the good guys, these are the good faith actors. These are the, the grifters and the con men. Not usually a useful or accurate endeavor. believes
2: this stuff. Um, I think a lot of it is very, understandably in a way, just callum. Just immature nonsense. You know, let's go back a thousand years where, you know, if a woman expressed an opinion, you could throw her in the river or something. You know, let's have a Catholic dictatorship. All of this stuff, you know, I could. when you hear teenagers or you know, men in their 20s are very immature. I mean, I know what it's like. When you hear that among youth, it's just, it's just, you just laugh it off. It's just, you know, it might come from an honest place, but it's just kind of venting or whatever you want to say, tough talk. And, but I do think that he's genuine. And obviously no one in their right mind would turn down a.
0: Being genuine. It's, there are very few instances where it's important to be genuine. And they're primarily like one-on-one relationships. Aside from that, being genuine is not necessarily a good thing or a bad thing right? It's not, it's not some value that you should strive for. It's not some distinguishing characteristic of the good guy. And again, like all other characteristics, genuine is situational. People tend to be genuine in some areas of their life and tend to be fake and performers in other areas of your life. When you're at at a job, you're basically a slave 40 hours a week. You are your boss's slave, right? And it does not pay for you to be genuine at your job. That does not Make you a bad person but when you talk to customers and co-workers and superiors and bosses right it does not pay usually to be genuine that's a bad idea when you're talking to people who can hurt you right genuinely does not pay to be genuine
2: dinner meeting with donald trump so i understand why he did it i think he wants to be he might think that you know trump and yay will join forces and it will be this christian nationalism or you know who knows what he thinks exactly but, I, you know, he, whatever you want to say about him, and I do find him obnoxious, um, I do think he's a good faith actor. I think he believes what he's doing. And much as in Stop the steel and in 2021, 20, January 6th, he's getting dragged along by people who are using him. And...
0: Oh, and uh, Nick doesn't use people, right? It's not like there are users and those who get used, right? Sometimes that's an accurate, useful descriptor. But generally speaking, we're all using other people and getting used. Right? There are these clear-cut categories of good guys and bad guys, users and those being used. Right, uh, Sometimes we're using, sometimes we're being used. Sometimes we think we're using others when in fact we're being used. These things are complicated, situational, and vary.
2: This is what I would speculate. So let me read this article. This was published at TimCast. So they have a blog. This is Tim Pool's blog. So really one of the most obnoxiously stupid human beings on the planet, Tim Pool, um, whose popularity reveals much about our civilization. Uh, This is written by Cassandra Fairbanks, who, um, yeah, former Russian asset, but not in an interesting way. It's not like she's a devious spy or something. She just works for Sputnik and RT, just got paid. She's just a hack. I knew her. Um, Anyway, um, let me just read this article and I'll tell you what I think about it. So Ye, formerly known as Kanye West, brought political powerhouse Karen Giorno and controversial commentator Nick Fuentes to dinner with former President Donald Trump at Mar-a-Lago this week. Interesting that she describes Nick Fuentes as controversial as opposed to Christian nationalist or white nationalist or white supremacist or neo-Nazi or whatever. Yeh and the former president have both announced their intention to run for the White House in 2024. The dinner between Yeh and Trump had been previously arranged, but the additional guests were brought on by author and political commentator Milo Yiannopoulos. There we have it. So this was arranged. Milo, who is still clearly a... Wheeler dealer, he interned for Marjorie Taylor Greene. He's one of these people who has this kind of like preternatural ability to insinuate himself in places. He's working behind the scenes in this and he's admitted it because Milo ultimately wrote the story. I know how this stuff works. You give things to a dumb reporter and she just is a stenographer, basically, who has been named by the fashion and entertainment mogul as his campaign director. So Milo is already Ye's campaign director. He has weaseled him his way in there. On Thursday evening, Ye shook up Thanksgiving when he tweeted a video featuring a discussion between himself and Yiannopoulos about the meeting. And in that video, that's the one I was referencing earlier, um, Ye is kind of being the alpha dog vis-a-vis Trump. It's fairly interesting. Ye said that he thinks Trump was, quote, most perturbed, end quote, by him asking the former president to be his VP. Well, I can understand that. But the former president was, quote, really impressed with Nick Fuentes. And Nick Fuentes, unlike so many of the lawyers and people that he was left with on his 2020 campaign, he's actually a loyalist. That was Kanye's statement. When he didn't know where the lawyer is, you'll still have your loyalist, Ye said, seemingly ad living a line that would have fit perfectly into one of his hit songs. Great writing, Cassandra. Um, Ye continued, when all the lawyers said, forget it, Trump's done, the loyalists were running up on the White House. Yeah, J6. The rap icon explained that he questioned the former president about not pardoning people who were arrested for protesting on his behalf on January 6th and suggested that he bring back the people who worked on his 2016 campaign, but have since been cancelled. So they want to basically recreate 2016. So This is good. So they're playing two games here. On the one hand, they're using Kanye to kind of as a, you know, this is the real Trump. This is the real Christian nationalist. Uh, But then they're also kind of they recognize reality that Trump has obviously a much better chance to win. So they're kind of pushing him to do this. So they're doing this move on him. Yeh said that Trump attempted to change the subject of his pardoning of Alice Johnson, the grandmother who had been serving life without the possibility of parole for nonviolent drug offenses. The woman's freedom has become a passion project for Kim Kardashian. Trump, according to Ye, had said that, had said that, okay, there's a misspelling typo in here. He had said that he pardoned her for him, That is Kanye, not Kardashian. Things at the dinner began to unravel when Trump ins- insulted Kardashian, the mother of Ye's children. When Trump started basically screaming at me at the table, telling me I'm going to lose, I mean, uh, has that ever worked for anyone in history? I'm like, hold on, you're talking to Ye, the candidate said at the end of the video. According to a source familiar with the events at the dinner, this is Milo, who asked to remain am- anonymous, this is again Milo, Ye had arrived at Mar-a-Lago with Giorno, um, who served as Trump's Florida chief strategist in 2016, and later a senior advisor for his campaign, as a power move to show that he's serious about the White House bid. Giorno has worked for multiple presidents and has is- uh, regarded as a highly formidable at running campaigns. Yeah, just some hack. Though several reporters are citing anonymous sources to claim that Fuentes was not president at the dinner, multiple people have confirmed to Tim Cast that he was, including Yiannopoulos and Giorno. Okay, he was president. He was brought there by Milo. Trump was not given a heads up. Kanye would be bringing Fuentes with, Fuentes with him to Mar-a-Lago, and Trump did not meet Fuentes while he was there, according to a person familiar. Nick attended the dinner and sat across from the president. I sat to the president's right and Ye to his left, Giorno said. The president was by himself for dinner, but invited Ye to meet someone, to meet some people in the patio. Okay. Uh, we had a traditional turkey dinner, which wasn't on the menu, Giorno told Kim Kass. It was delicious, blah, blah, blah. Yiannopoulos, according to the source, um, sent Giorno as a signal to Trump that, yeah, okay, this is, she's literally repeating paragraphs. She's such an idiot. Um, they hear this, it gets juicy. Halfway through the dinner, Trump gets a call, the source told Kim Kass. When he comes back, the whole tenor of the dinner changes, and he starts ranting about Kim Kardashian, saying that she's disgusting, and all the rest of it. Ye just looked uh, around the table and said, that's the mother of my children that you're talking about.
0: Okay, let's just take a brief break. Uh, what crazy thing is... <laughs> Curtis Yavin, up to these days, and endorsing uh, Caroline.
16: Wanna, you Eliassi. know, go to art museums. Give it some thought. You know,
0: it was a lot of things, but but
16: then you know, I don't know. We said a lot of this last week, Ryan, but, Ryan. but 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 the uh <laughs> but God, cuts. I mean, people are... talk about the e- effective altruism's FTX. enemies, yeah, and I hadn't yeah. realized how many there are are using this to taint them. I mean, there was a piece in the New York Times. Co-authored by this Cade Metz guy, who did this uh, kind of takedown of the rationalist community and Scott Alexander right. and all that, right. and he said effective altruism has been associated with uh, polyamory, and that, this is like I don't know, man. I mean, I if, think that's kind of a stretch.
20: If, if they get, did they get Curtis Yarvin in there? He's always in. Uh, I guess not. He's on the other side.
16: Well, <laughs> Curtis Yarvin. Uh, I think I sent you a thing where he was uh, of him worshiping. He has a kind of connection, him worshiping this uh, 28-year-old woman who was the CEO of Alameda, uh, SBF's hedge fund. It's funny. She had gone to Stanford, and her parents were professors at MIT. He went to MIT, and his parents were professors at Stanford Law School. They met at a uh, some kind of trading firm. He recruited her to be uh, his CEO. Her name, last name is... is Catherine Ellison. Ellison. Her,
3: um,
20: I, I, I know I talked about the, 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 the Curtis Yarvin uh, rescuing Catherine Ellison from uh, from the scandal when I cheated on you with Dan Coulter's podcast. And the point is, it's like, it's like the classic White Knight male fantasy. You rescue this cute damsel in distress and boy, is she grateful that you rescued her. Uh, so, uh, I, I not knowing anything about the case and whether, they, in fact, she is innocent, it seemed clear that, you know, not since Eric Erickson tried to rescue Megyn Kelly from Trump has there been a
0: clearer case of the white knight fallacy. But is she
16: cute, the picture?
0: Yeah, wow, this is the woman that Sam Bankman freed was, was back. Because
16: I've seen make her look 11 years old, like, like, before you even start using words like that, she looks like... Yeah. I mean it's 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 funny how how young she looks. It's like, looks it's like,
20: like it's what like did you call Allen her young. cute nerd girl or something nerd girl anyway? She looks like a cute nerd girl.
0: Um and uh Sam Harris quit Twitter. Like uh, Sam Harris is always having hyperbolic reactions to the mildest criticism. I, I understand that uh that Twitter must be very paid for it. Uh, He blames the technology of Twitter. He blames social media. He blames Twitter for upsetting him. Right? Rather than looking at his own character defects, rather than looking at his own exaggerated sense of self-importance, rather than looking at, you know, why am I so knocked off kilter by things on Twitter? He wants to blame Twitter for his unhappiness. He doesn't consider how perhaps he could better handle Twitter or maybe there's something going on with him that doesn't allow him to use Twitter w- why can't he handle disputation like why is it so upsetting for him why is he such the, a a tender flower that he just gets knocked off kilter by Twitter and he's, he's peddling his meditation app right it's supposed to make you calm and centered and you just can't understand sam harris's approach to politics unless you meditate which is absolute nonsense it's just absurd but uh, people want to blame things outside themselves for their problems and sam harris is 100 percent like this he wants to blame twitter for his problems he thinks he can solve many of his problems by deleting his twitter or well, guess what his problems are going to follow him. You know, and, and this and, is what i was
7: going to ask you i'd say that we-
0: Now, some people are better off without Twitter. Some people are better off without YouTube. Some people are better off without using social media. But generally speaking, if you have problems with any of these things, your problems are not your problems. Your problems are just symptoms of deeper problems. They are prompts. They are incentives for you to go deeper inside, do the deeper work, and find out why you are so upset. Find out why you can't handle this stimulus. Because there will be other stimuli coming along that you're not going to be able to handle. If you can't handle Twitter, there are all sorts of things that life is going to throw at you that you're not going to deal with very well. There were well. two things that fractured yeah. Yeah. from, from there, that looking... The from
7: the COVID US. later, but, right. but Trump, yeah. Trump was the So big let's one. start yeah. with Trump because yeah. I want to talk about COVID as well. But if we yeah. start with Trump, you took a different view to almost everybody, I would say, in what was described as IDW, in, right. in the sense that you were, uh, I think you were calling for Twitter to shut down Trump's account and yeah. were happy that it happened. Yeah. That's a very different position to pretty much everybody else. Why did you take that position? Well, for two reasons. One, so the the
21: non, uh, the generic reason is, and this is something I've never gotten a clear answer on from any of the people who t- took the different side of this. Um, and many, so many of these people are ostensibly libertarians, or at least, you know, quasi-libertarians. They, they, they want a, something like a minimum of state coercion and, and control. They don't want just a proliferation of laws to, you know, just to, to make our lives more difficult. Um, and that's a, that's an orientation, you know, though I'm, I consider myself liberal and have always voted as a Democrat, I mean, until, until we,
0: so- right, so Glenn Badley makes the point. Even John Podhorsky admitted he, he can't handle Twitter. And yeah, it's it's a good thing if you can admit you can't handle something. But that's very different from saying the problem's outside of myself. Also, if you admitting you can't handle something, that should be a prompt. That should be an incentive to do the work, to go inside, to find out what it is about this thing that is knocking you off your equilibrium. Now. I'm not talking about if you can't handle smack, if you can't handle cocaine, if you can't handle meth, if you can't handle something that's obviously bad for, for anyone. But if millions and tens of millions of people are using something without any ill effect and you can't use it, then it's important to know if you've got a serious problem where you, you seriously need to abstain, such as alcoholics with alcohol, you know, debtors with, with debting, or if this is just a prompt saying hey maybe i need to examine myself and maybe i need to do some recalibration maybe i need to form some new neural pathways. this woke
21: apocalypse you know i, I would have certainly called myself a democrat without much self-consciousness um, i you know I've, I've always had this libertarian uh, kind of underpinning to my my politics which is you know if the private sector can handle it it's probably best done there right I mean, just given the level of inefficiency and and poor poorly aligned incentives you get in a government bureaucracy uh, and Peaceful, honest people should be, should have the right to be left alone. You know, so it's like, if, unless somebody is harming people or, um, you know, guilty of fraud, you know, the, the IE theft, you know, uh, um, and, you know, stealing from people, we don't need the government involved. And um, so, you know, that's my general framework. And many people ostensibly in, in this group ostensibly agreed with that. Um, so when I look at Twitter, you know, Twitter is a company that can decide to, you know, I mean, as someone who has started you know, information based companies at this point, I'm just thinking about.
0: So yeah, Andrew Tate is back on Twitter. What does Richard Spencer think of Twitter? He uh, of Andrew Tate. He's he's not a big Andrew Tate respecter.
21: Well, what is what's the scenario under which I would want the government to force me to have Alex Jones on my podcast or to have Donald Trump on my podcast? Shouldn't I be able to have anyone I want on my podcast? Is it conceivable?
0: Yeah, John Paul just defaults to not just to humor, but he is just such a, his nastiness, his his gratuitous cruelty, his. Reflexive dive into ad hominem attacks just shows what a, a repellent character <clears throat> he, he, he seems to be. And this isn't just limited to Twitter, right? This seems to be reflective of who John Podhoretz is uh, th- through much of his life, right? Many people have had these horrible experiences with, with John Podhoretz. So his, his underlying personality comes out very quickly on Twitter and it's disgusting.
21: Well, that my podcast could grow so big. Or that my, you know, that any other platform, you know, I've considered creating a social media platform, right? that could grow so big that suddenly the government would have an interest in forcing me to have people on it who, for whatever reason, I object to having on it. Mean, so I, this is this is some this is a way in which I'm, I'm more extreme than than most people on the left. Like I, I do think at this point in history, you should be able to have a social media platform and exclude any specific group you want, and just say that's the way we do it, right? And if you don't like.
0: Well, obviously, you can't. You'd get sued and shut down if you did that to blacks or to gays or to homosexuals. So, Sam Harris has his fantasy about how the world should work. It obviously doesn't work.
21: They could boycott us, right? So, like, I, I wouldn't have said this in 1964 when, we're ha- when we have to pass a civil rights act. But at this point, I think you should have the right to be an asshole who destroys your reputation and, and suffers the, the, the penalties in you know in the marketplace of ideas, right? So I think if if you want to just have a social media network for beautiful people, right, or people who are, you know, guys who are over six feet two and blonde hair and blue eyes, right, you know, I can't get on, you should feel free to, you know, raise money for that enterprise, launch it, and I'll be, you know, I'll laugh when it fails, right? So like that's, now, under some control, that kind of thing, you know, is or should be illegal, you know, if you're you're just a normal person uh, on the left. But uh, I don't think, I think at this moment in history, it shouldn't be. But in any case, I just, when I look at Twitter, I see a company that has a term, has terms of service, which people like Alex Jones and Trump clearly violated. I mean, whether they in fact violated this terms of service as written, I think they violated any uh, coherent terms of service.
0: We're all committing numerous fallacies every day, all right? If, if the government wants to get you, if, if there are sufficient resources out there, they, they can get you. So the fact that someone's violating terms of service on an app is not sufficient reason for you know, calling for their banishment from the app. It's how egregious are the violations
21: service that that twitter should have had right like you you shouldn't knowingly be able to turn your mob on a private citizen and ruin their life lives through doxing right which is what jones and trump were doing they just again and again and again to people every time i mean jones was
3: doing it with the sandy hook
0: i don't remember donald trump doing a whole lot of
3: doxing sam harris just made that up he just lied he just made something up to smear donald trump that
0: has no foundation in reality
7: parents right you literally have but sam you're conflating two very different people i mean alex jones does not belong in this conversation i'm not interested in no no but but i would dispute that i think
21: trump is essentially we got alex jones as president of the united states
0: again that's absolutely absurd to to equate donald trump with alex jones are there things that donald trump has in common with alex jones yes but uh, they're still very different people like donald trump hasn't done anything like what alex jones did with with sandy hook i don't
5: think
21: they're very different people i think that it's the same phenomenon in in my world because just the, the level of, of misinformation, disinformation, lying, the charlatanism.
0: Well, you seem to be engaging in quite a lot of misinformation, disinformation, charlatanism just in the last minute, Sam. So should you be banned from social media too? Are you just like Alex Jones? The,
21: the, the, the conscious fraudulence of everything at scale and the targeting of individuals with with, with known consequences, right? Like like Trump.
0: Trying- oh, so no other politicians do this? So Maxine Waters and Democrats. Yelling, no justice, no peace, instigating you know, millions of people going out onto the streets and rioting, mostly peacefully, sending a murder rate, you know, crime rate skyrocketing.
21: Trump, every time Trump singles out a specific citizen and says, look at this jackass who's you know, trying to, you know, whatever the, the claim would be, that is a human sacrifice. We know that person's life is just never the same again because he's. T-
0: really? Really? How many. How many lives have been absolutely ruined because Donald Trump criticized them on Twitter? I mean, if Donald Trump criticized me on Twitter, my life would go on. It would not be ruined.
5: Turn
21: tens of millions of morons on that person and, you know, vicious morons on that. I mean, like, I mean that's the, the core of the Trump phenomenon is now and has been for many years and really since the beginning. This is
0: just lies, tens of millions of morons, but not turned on against individuals because Donald Trump criticized those, those individuals. Sam Harris is just lying.
21: I mean, I mean, since he, you know, certainly since he, he became the front runner and, and certainly since he became elected in 2016, it's a personality cult. I mean, it has all the dynamics of a personality cult. These are not reasoning. Yes, there are some, there are a few calculated people like.
0: As opposed to Barack Obama and Barack Obama's following, that that's not a personality cult. And Bill Clinton didn't have a personality cult john f
3: kennedy no no personality cult
0: there it's just uh, donald trump and his personality cult very dangerous
21: peter Thiel on the margins who have some story as to why they would back him right but the core of the cult you know which is all you know nested with QAnon and 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 uh conspiracy thinking and the big lie and you know it's like trump can do no wrong right he's um that is so it's i mean as a venn diagram it's just it overlaps 80 percent with Alec, the alex jones phenomenon so i just i see them as the same problem i see these
0: it overlaps about 10% with the Alex Jones phenomenon.
21: These are, these are, you know, if they're not actually clinical, clinically, you know, diagnosable as psychopaths, they're the next best thing. These are people who are so...
0: Sam Harris can't handle non-PhDs criticizing him on Twitter. So he rage quits Twitter and he blames Twitter for not banning people like Donald Trump.
21: Malignantly selfish and so careless with respect to the consequences.
0: We're all selfish. Like everybody uh, probably on average is about 95% selfish. Uh, this idea that Donald Trump is just some you know, exceptional level of selfishness
21: is absurd. ...of their actions in the lives of others, that if you, if you, are, if you own a platform or you are, you know, if you're overseeing a public, a, pub, a public company that owned a platform... Why should the government force you to keep these people on? Right, like well, you should be free to say, "Sorry, you're not on my watch. Are you going to be having these consequences?" And with Trump, it was after January 6th. that was just, I mean, that's when it happened. I, I thought it happened a year too late, but I mean, January 6th finally convinced Dorsey he should kick Trump off. And that, I mean, if that's not going to convince you that you know we have, we we had a, at that point, we had a sitting president who, for months and months and months, I mean, it's you know, at least six or eight months, you know, certainly months prior to the November election, would not commit to a peaceful transfer of power, and then he did you know, certainly something, whether it was everything in his power or just a lot, he managed to see that we did not have a peaceful transfer of power, right? And-
0: so a less dramatic way of saying this is that Donald Trump has never been a graceful loser. And in the fall of, of 2020, Donald Trump, again, should have fall was not a graceful loser. Right? That's a less dramatic way of, of saying the same thing. Right? The United States was never in peril by the January 6th rioters. Like, even if they'd you know, gotten through to Nancy Pelosi and Mike Pence, right, the United States would have continued on. Joe Biden would still have taken the presidency on January 20th, 2021. Uh, Donald Trump did not have the power or the ability or even the inclination to stay in power by some kind of military coup. Uh, Sam Harris is,
3: is a lover of the dramatic Far more than a lover of the real, he he has a fantasy about Donald Trump and
0: the nefarious powers of the, the MAGA movement. Like it it you know exercises his emotions and gets him you know, going to war in his hero system. He's going to war with the forces of darkness on, on the side of, of democracy, but he's deranged. And then
21: you know, so who what's gonna, what's the mob going to?
0: He's deranged. Here, like sometimes Sam Harris makes sense. Here, he sounds deranged to me.
21: Do on January 7th and 8th and 9th, you know, if you just leave Trump on the platform. I, th- I mean, I just thought it was a, a...
0: Is Sam Harris a graceful loser? No, he is not someone who tends to be graceful to any kind of challenge or debate.
21: Very simple decision to kick him off. And, and it, 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 totally analogous to the Alex Jones decision. I mean, Alex Jones is just less consequential, but I mean, there are Sandy Hook parents who have had to move 10 times since their kids were murdered. That's all on Alex Jones, right? And it's, and it's all conscious. It's, it's, it's all. He could see the consequences of his actions in real time. It's not like he woke up after you know, five years and thought-
0: And what has Donald Trump done that is analogous to that? Nothing. You couldn't name it. If you had an analogy, if you had an example, if you're able to back up your point, if you had empirical evidence to support your argument, you would present it, Sam Harris, but you don't, so you don't. You can't and you don't.
21: Oh my God, I can't believe- that, you know, it was totally inadvertent. I released a podcast and, you know, then it, it had this totally unforeseeable consequence in the lives of the, these grieving parents. No, no. He monetized their misery with just a blizzard of lies. Uh,
0: right. And no one before in the history of the news media has ever monetized anyone's misery. This is an entirely new innovation, some nefarious act by Alex Jones, never before done by a journalist. Have they ever monetized anybody's misery? Shocking.
7: I, Alex okay. Jones is for me yeah. a different case but yeah, I hear but what you
21: say. I mean Trump is just. I hear what you say. Got, so in your, got, your mind they're, they're similar. he idea. got the reputation washing of having successfully become president. You know?
0: So who is to blame for Supreme Court justices being harassed and threatened at their homes? Good question. He's
7: Alex Jones. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Francis before you, you move us into COVID uh, let me try from a different angle.
0: So if, if I call Sam Harris um, he's Jeffrey Dahmer right not exactly a convincing argument. Calling Donald Trump, Alex Jones, similarly not a convincing argument. Because
7: I want to explore this intellectual point, yeah. right? Do you really want to live in a country where you have a digital public square, which in my opinion, Twitter is, we can disagree about that if you want, but that's my opinion. It's a digital public square and you have a company that has clearly one-sided enforcement. I, I hear what you're saying about de- delegitimizing the electoral process that Trump did. Right. And I was concerned about that. I think you can't question the system in that way. But when you see that he gets banned and then a story about Hunter Biden gets banned, Mm. that under the guise of it being Russian disinformation, we later learn it wasn't Mm. Russian disinformation, that to a lot of people seems like, you know, I said it when we were talking to Joe Rogan, it's putting your hand on the scales in favor of one side. In the digital public square, you add that to the banning of Trump and lots of other people being banned from one side predominantly. Is that is that the world you want to live in, where one team gets to just ban people it disagrees with off the platform? It gets to pretend that things that are true are not true. It gets to shut down the sharing of information with people who want to make their own democratic choice?
21: Well, it's a, it's a hard question, and there are pieces of the question that are individually hard. It's like the Hunter Biden laptop story is something that I still don't have a uh, full opinion about. I actually don't know what we should have done about that. I mean, so I, so I see the reason, I see both sides oh, of, like, we should have, side uh, of it. That the, so,
0: right. What we should do, because you can't trust the people to have information. We, we need gatekeepers to decide what, what the people should uh, be allowed to find out. But about. let's
21: leave that piece aside. The bias on the platform. So, so either Twitter is a company that can do what it wants, right? It can have its own terms of service. It can change its policies. It can, it can change. You know, it can decide. To, you know, it can have a point of view or not, right? Or we have to seize it as some kind of, you know, crucial piece of public infrastructure that has to. Do you not think that it is a terms. crucial piece of public infrastructure? I think. I think people who are addicted to Twitter feel it <laughs> right? most. You know, and, and I think it's. You know, I don't think it should should be. Um, and it's, it's odd to say that it's just so it's, it, first of all, it's just, I mean, Facebook is much, much, much bigger, right? It's just that we have a lot of smart people, journalists, uh, brands, uh, political people folk concentrated on Twitter. So Twitter moves the, the conversation more than Facebook does, but it's, 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 the scale of it is much smaller. Um, I don't know. I just feel like people can start their own companies, which they have, right? So they can start competitors at Twitter. There are many people who, you know, Twitter is not, it's, it's still a failing business, right? It's mm-hmm. like, it's not, it doesn't work really. I mean, Facebook is, is a much better business, um, there's nothing stopping Facebook from becoming stickier for intellectuals and journalists and, and it's, it's, it's attracting more of the conversation over there. Um, I don't know. It's, just, it's, it's an extreme move to say you, you, can't, you can't be biased, right? Like who's, who's going to say that? But behind, behind the saying of that is a law in the end, and, there, and therefore it's a gun. Therefore it's, it's, it's jail time for the person who wants to keep breaking the law, right? So like, just imagine, imagine if Twitter. The-
0: who exactly has made the argument that you can't be biased? Right. Obviously, it's impossible not to, not to have some bias. People on the right are arguing that uh, they resent that the left controls almost all the major institutions in this country. They resent that the left dominates the means to make cultural productions. They resent you know, the left's stranglehold over the news media, over the professions, over NGOs, non-governmental organizations, over the entertainment industry, right? There's there's a anger there, and it doesn't always express itself delicately, subtly, softly, and kindly, right? Those who are excluded from the ability to cultural means of production tend to resent that, and they're not always really sweet and kind in their reactions, right? So... Left wing domination provokes a right wing backlash, which isn't always sweetness and light. The Twitter board,
21: like everyone gets what they want. You know, everyone who's who's of this opinion gets mm-hmm. what they want. You just, we're gonna, we're going to come in and, and, and enforce something like um, uh, a zero bias state in Twitter, insofar as far as possible. And if there, if the employees and the board just say, you know, sorry, we, we have a point of view. We want we want to have we we don't like these people, and we like these people. Um, what does so now? You just break up the company? You just say. You, you,
0: Sam Harris is making an argument that nobody has ever made. Who has ever made the argument that he is arguing against here? He's just making it up. He's attacking a straw man. You know, I, mean, I, I thought,
21: what I thought it should have happened with Twitter is I thought Jack Dorsey should
0: he's, he's very hard to debate with or to even question because he just goes on and on, refuses to ad- address your points. He just sits on his high horse and pontificates.
21: He should have deleted it. I mean, I literally thought he should have got the Nobel Peace Prize had he just <laughs> at <laughs> a certain point think, deleted it, right? Um,
0: he thinks it would have been great if if Twitter had been deleted uh, five years ago because of Donald Trump.
21: But uh, yeah, I don't. So in any case, should there should they be forced to be impartial? I'm very skeptical of that. Should they be cajoled by unhappy people like yourselves or like you know the uh, um, you know, the Trump fans to um
5: to behave I'm just better? The argument yeah,
21: here, Sam. I mean, I think so. Yeah, yes, I think if they were going to be imp- the first thing to admit is it may be impossible to do this impeccably. Mm-hmm. Right? It's like, it's like the, until we have you know, perfect artificial intelligence, it's just going to be impossible.
0: Okay. I don't think Sam Harris is covering himself in glory. Now, he, Sam Harris became notorious in that interview, saying that if suppressing the Hunter Biden story or suppressing any news story would have enabled the defeat of Donald Trump in 2020, he'd be all for it. So let's go back here to Richard Spencer commenting on Kanye West, Nick Fuentes, Donald Trump. What's By this point,
2: problem? the whole meeting had become a disaster. Okay, that's interesting. So basically, I don't think that Trump recognized, I, I genuinely don't think that Trump knew who Fuentes was. And I'm not saying that out of any kind of personal bias. Uh, Trump starts getting uh, edgy, antsy, fidgety, and angry. Uh, he can't get them out of there fast enough, the source said. The source is Milo, clearly. Um when you get up to leave, there's an enormous line of people who want photos with Ye, and not a single one of them asked for one with Trump alone, the source said. All right, that's just a complete lie. That's just that's just pissing on Trump. I mean, it's just so stupid. Just, you can see where they're going with this. Trump was just kind of allowed to join in some of them. By the end, Trump was like, is the car here? Is the car here? Where's the car? This, this is the kicker. This is the last line. Oh, no, it's not the last one. I'll, I'll skip down to that. Flynn says, once an avid Trump supporter is rumored to be in line to serve as the communications tr- director for the Ye 24 campaign. So this thing is written by Milo. And, you know, Cassandra served as a stenographer, and Milo is basically promoting this in the media, that he wants Flint has, as a campaign communications director.
0: Okay, let's uh, stop the press. Is, is the major story in America right now that Aaron Rodgers essentially said no mass to the Philadelphia Eagles, leaving the game in the third quarter, of blaming some kind of oblique strain, and that Jordan Love, the backup quarterback, is is the new leader of the Green Bay Packers was tonight
3: the night that
0: Aaron Rodgers passed the torch to Jordan Love to be the Green Bay Packers quarterback and leader going forward because Aaron Rodgers got quit on his team in a very tight 40 to 33 final loss to the Philadelphia Eagles. So the Cowboys have Three losses, the Eagles only have one. Won't be so easy. I'm pretty sure the Cowboys will beat the Eagles Christmas Eve, but somebody else has to beat the Eagles if the Cowboys are going to have a chance of winning the NFC East. Well, to be, whoops, I don't want any more from Sam Harris. I want Richard.
2: For Yay, which just is pretty absurd. I mean, I guess it's just crazy enough to work or something like that in the sense that he is, you know, a huge live streamer, has a built in audience, much more than, say, Corey Lewandowski or any of these idiots that worked on 2016 Trump. Um, but yeah, this is what I would suggest. So all of this is kind of fascinating and just crazy enough to be true or what have you. But what I would suggest is that there might be something else going on here.
3: So let me just, I'll just lay my hands on the table. Okay. So let's imagine you walk into your
0: child's kindergarten and see this.
5: I
12: am starting year six of teaching today. Super excited. I am starting year six of teaching today. Super excited! I am starting...
0: Oh, 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 I'd be, I'd be so stoked
3: to uh, to have this delightful creature uh,
0: teaching my child. So you're probably wondering, uh, what does uh, Andrew Tate think about the Bali and Siaga situation? All right, they were uh, putting bondage into
3: at advertising aimed aimed at children. If it was done on purpose, which as
17: we've just deciphered, it must have been, why are they doing this? And I don't think many people understand why a brand like Balenciaga would so openly show the world that they are trying to promote pedophilia. Tell them. I'll tell them why. So some could argue that they're trying to advertise it, and encourage it. Normalize. Normalize. And that is the case. That is what they're trying to do. But it actually goes a level deeper than that. Satanists, people who worship Satan, believe in karmic retribution. They believe that they can suffer the consequence of lying and tricking you. So the very simple premise is this. If I sell poison apples, and I write apples, and you come and eat one, I poisoned you. But if I sell poison apples and I have a sign that says apples, they're poison and you come and eat one, you committed suicide. I haven't murdered you. You've committed suicide. That's because what, that's what Satanists believe. Satanists believe by telling you what they're doing, they don't have any karmic retribution. I'm not responsible for the, for the, the consu- I'm not responsible for all the negative fallout from my actions. If they understood what I was doing and allowed me to do it. This is why they show you and tell you what they're doing. If I show you and tell you that we are pedophiles and you continue to buy our products, then you're supporting pedophilia and you are obviously okay with us being pedophiles. If I do it hidden behind your back, then you can argue and say, I didn't know they were pedophiles. But by showing you, I've shown you I'm a pedophile. You still want to wear my t-shirt. So obviously what I'm doing is okay. And this karmic retribution model and the way that satanists view the world and when i say Satanists, i genuinely mean people who worship real Satan. satan the people who are in charge of these brands and in charge of the western world and in charge of the matrix genuinely worship satan when you understand the idea of karmic retribution you can apply that to so many scenarios they're doing this with everything karmic retribution isn't just about valenciaga let's look at the recent scam of covid they made it very clear to you it was bullshit. They made it very clear the vi- that the virus isn't going to hurt you. They them. made it clear that they didn't listen. They made they it disobeyed right, the mask right.
0: laws. Yeah,
5: they wait, made wait, it wait, very wait, wait, clear wait, wait, to you wait,
0: it was all stop, stupid. Stop, 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 stop. We, we can't spread disinformation and misinformation. And, and that's right. If you want to go, you know, bare chested, you know, showing, you know, revealing cleavage, Mister Tate. I'm just not sure you can really pull it off. All right, take it from a professional.
3: Get back to uh, Richard Spencer here. I think that,
2: first off, all of this can be explained through existing dynamics. You know, Fuentes, you know, he has some silly fatuation with Kanye and this Christian nationalism stuff. You know, he's also a white nationalist or whatever. I mean, it's just, this is kind of typical. I can kind of see him doing this easily to be explained. And as I said, I do think he's acting in good faith, whatever we want to say about it. Milo isn't. I mean, this is what I would suggest is that Milo has long been a kind of infant, you could say, of Rebecca Mercer and the Mercer family. The Mercer family is already on board with DeSantis. The Mercers were not on board with Trump. And Robert Mercer is a famous guy. He's a quant, hedge fund manager, billionaire donor to Republican causes. They were not on on board with Trump at the beginning. They were on board with Cruz and other people. Um, They got on board with Trump when the whole conservative establishment got on board in 2016, when they felt like there was nothing they could do they would prefer someone like DeSantis. DeSantis speaks their language. Um, yes, Trump has been kind of a culture war fanatic, but Trump has these national, nationalist instincts that kind of come out. I mean, he, in a book, he supported national health care. He'll, he'll claim that you know he wants to tax all these corporations and things like that. No, he didn't do any of this. I'm well aware of this. His administration was just a typical Republican administration. I don't think anything would have been that different if Jeb had been elected. Now, there probably wouldn't have, well, there definitely wouldn't have been a Muslim ban and all this talk of the wall. But in terms of the the policies that were successful, I don't think it would have been that.
0: So later on in this show, Richard Spencer criticizes people who don't get a lot of views or don't have a big following. They're, They're irrelevant. We should dismiss them. He also criticizes those who get a big audience because they're just pandering. So if you have a big audience, you're just a panderer and a grifter. If you don't have a big audience, then you're just a loser. Like Either way, Richard Spencer has an explanation for why you should be dismissed.
2: Different. I might even go as far to say that even Jeb might have suggested something like the Rays Act, that, that is the immigration reform, but ah, that's a little bit different. So they would rather have DeSantis than Trump, the billionaire Republican donor types. Um. So why not use your man, Milo, promise him that he can once again, you know, enter the public eye and be a sensation once again. And at the same time, really harm Trump's campaign. Because just the, the act of bringing Fuz, Trump can claim as he has done, that he didn't know Quintes is. And I you know, eighty percent chance, ninety percent chance that's true. But he still nevertheless had dinner with him. You know, the whole like full on denial of David Duke in twenty sixteen, you 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 can't do that again. And so this is harmful. Just the whole, the whole scene is harmful. And Kanye, you, you know, it can, he can be on the one hand harmful. On the other hand, he can actually sop up all of that kind of online Trump energy. They're-
0: okay, so how should an intellectual conduct himself? Here's an example. and a
5: And is pretty much
15: He's not academic not
0: do do the do no, It is yes, It's So this is a debate, and here's Egyptologist Zahi Hawass. i preparing for a debate with Graham Hancock at the age of the Sphinx, the Great Pyramid, right? And uh, he storms out of this debate with Graham Hancock. And
5: not want to Exactly. I don't want Shame on them. No, please. Don't say this don't say this word to me. It's shame on you not on me. have no discussion. Don't talk to me. Please. Go away from me. Shame on why why you not me. Cause you be able to alter the
0: So this took place in Egypt, 22nd of April 2015, between famed Egyptologist Dr. Zahi Hawass, who was throwing the fit, and a controversial alternative historian Graham Hancock. So as Hancock was focusing his slides prior to giving his opening presentation, before most of the audience had even entered the room, Dr. Hawass saw one slide that uh, contained something that he did not like. And uh, Dr. Wass became furious, began to shout at Hancock and Hancock's wife, Santa. She's wearing the white dress in this video. He demands that Hancock censor his talk.
5: And here we go. I don't this man did bad things. I don't believe this man, and I am not the call. I won't believe this man go into this country again because he's
22: a cop. He's not my
5: business. He
0: should meet San Harris. They'd have a lot of
5: comments.
19: Why is someone talk about a theory of someone else?
0: Why? Why is he talking about a theory that has been
5: closed? Yeah,
0: Why? Come on, guys. Why are you talking about theories that have been closed? Why do you have to open up these theories again? Why, guys? The theory is why? not closed.
6: It is closed.
0: No, it's not, not, not everywhere.
6: And I don't know why you talk about it. It's not, it's his fucking game. Why do you talk about it? It's you have to present your own here. not to present the hearing. It is not closed, sir.
18: Okay, I closed. And I'm all the next who wanted I am presenting my own
5: Okay, I I I'm, you my your I'm not going to attend this. I have written you, Mr. Fulman. I'm not going to attend this
16: Even before a word
5: is
0: exchanged, what age and this number of leads the <laughs> Okay, let's get back to a little Richard Spencer analysis here.
2: It can be some weird anti-Trump movement with Kanye in which all the online right goes with Kanye. Because he's the Christian nationalist. He's the full-on. We've moved past...
0: Okay, this is absolutely absurd to think that any number of sizable number of people is going to go with Kanye, that Kanye West is going to seize the energy and enthusiasm and passion and devotion of Christian nationalism, that uh, Christians are going to side with with Kanye West uh, as opposed to Donald Trump. I, I don't think so. That's absurd. The,
2: in many ways, remarkably secular campaign that Trump ran in 2015 and the first half of 2016, Before he started talking about abortion and judges in summer of 2016, he never talked about any of that stuff. He never mentioned gay marriage. He never mentioned any of it. If anything, I mean, he was photographed with a gay flag, a rainbow flag. If anything, he would probably be more inclined to say something like, you know, we can't trust these Muslims because they uh, abuse gays and women or something like that. He would take that kind of almost neocon line, if anything. And so you want to create a a yay campaign that will, at the very least, damage Trump and will also – could also sop up all that energy. So all these people who would support Trump are, you know, hot after Kanye and they're demanding that we jail abortionists and, you know, the 10 commandments will be the only constitution we need or whatever they're going to say. And they have prayer tent revivals with Kanye in the lead and they think of themselves as just so smart because, you know, they're they're playing the PC police for fools. You know, how can how can the woke mob call us racist when we're advancing and worshipping a black man? Ooh, how smart we are. So I, I can see this damaging Trump in two ways. Immediately, just the scandal of it. And then long-term, if Kanye, Kanye's campaign actually does have legs.
0: Okay, number one, Kanye's campaign is never going to have legs and this is not going to damage Trump.
2: So I don't know. Can I prove this? No. Is this kind of connecting the dots or reading between the lines? Yes. But there does seem to be a possibility that this is happening. Because this isn't happening from like the Steve Bannon wing of the right. They are... They're still Trump. They might even like DeSantis, but they're still pro-Trump. Carrie Lake, um, it, you know, she was at a, she did a thing I saw where she was just like, we need Trump in the White House. He's the only one who can do it. You know, I'm there to fight for you. Hint, hint, I want to be your VP. Tulsi's probably angling at that. I can't imagine Tulsi becoming Kanye VP. Uh, MTG is still loyal to Trump, et cetera, et cetera. There's still a Trump thing going on. Yeah, the donors have left. Yes, the RNC hates him, but that's where he was in 2015. Anyway, he's done this before. But could you stop it by having something even crazier? And could you use a clear sociopathic wire that is Milo to kind of instigate this? And, you know, you don't, you don't even need to tell him the whole plan. Just kind of let him roll. He, he might even do something like this anyway. But you do need connections. I mean, as wily as as Milo is, you still need connections to get in the room with a billionaire or a celebrity. It's not exactly easy. So this is just something that I would suggest. But I overall think, regardless of whether this theory of mine is correct or not, I overall the truth, we have talent, we have ability, we have etc. we have the internet, and so on. To really go, like, where we want to be, though, we're going to need to insinuate ourselves into the world of a billionaire. Like, one of you guys has to be that guy.
0: Okay, so he's talking about followers of Apolloism here. All right, he really thinks that this new religion is going to change the world. But we need we need followers of Apolloism to get in the room with billionaires. I, on the yacht. No one knows how we got invited.
9: You know, is that a task? I'm <laughs> fucking working on it, Richard.
0: I told you, just yeah, give me time. Like, that's
9: my life story. <laughs> yeah, my money's what on. Is this my money's on Kurt? <laughs> Kurt's gonna do it.
4: Well,
23: no. In a way, no pressure, I, man. No pressure, <laughs> man. Well, actually, well, I come from a competitive sports background, so I kind of like the pressure. Um, but in a way, like I was gonna sort of—I don't mean to do a throwdown, but you know, like, can we just be fucking Jewish? Like, at the like. Yeah, are there any other people on this call like like in a way like we anybody that's earning over a hundred grand a year and wants to like quadruple that in the next twelve months, like, I've boxed myself on here. If I can hit me up on like you can send me a letter, my PO box.
0: Yeah, if you, you make over a hundred thousand dollars a year, you can you can hit up this uh, fellow bloke who earns over a hundred thousand dollars a year and you Apollonians can uh, get together and change the
23: world. Like if you look at my name, like please reach out to me and do not just go, Oh, he's... <laughs> as you are, as we're all painfully aware, we are about a century behind and Several trillion dollars of wealth behind. So even if I struck two hundred pounds of gold in my backyard today, we are still nowhere close. So please, please reach out. But I think
9: I I would encourage people to do that. You know, I mean, especially if, if yeah. you're like an entrepreneur. You know, what I mean, and your business is something right. that could ultimately be a yeah. like global well, scale. Maybe just to temper, you know, you're selling this, something on the internet or something.
2: What? J- just oh. to, just to temper this though, um, hmm. we can't get in a situation where we have a lot of hurt feelings or something. Like so, you know, not every business venture works out. Um, no. But I, I am generally enthusiastic. But I you know. I, I don't, you know, be, everyone should be very serious
9: about
19: this. Um, yeah, you're obligated, you know. to, as an
9: Apollonian, you're obligated to be competent and to work hard <laughs> and not be an idiot. Uh, yeah. those, are, those are, like, sort of Apollonian criteria. So, if, if we are going to have a guild, you know, sort of Freemason-like mm. guild, trade guild, um, you you have to hold up your weight and, and uh, have to be someone who's worth employing or worth working with as a business partner, obviously. Yeah. Right? And you
2: want
0: respectable mm. people as Apollonians. Yeah, no doubt.
2: And it's we can't certain, we can't get yeah. into any like big dreams or you know just put my money you know put your money here or we'll go far kind of thing. It, it does have to be um, it has to yeah, be translated think, seriously yeah but I think Kurt is
9: just talking about developing uh, you know business connections oh um, yeah
2: well I'm one hundred percent behind that yeah, of
9: course yeah yeah,
3: yeah. Um,
2: yeah. actually I've, I've seen I've seen this a few times I remember back in CMS um, there was it was kind of interesting I, I remember there was this guy I I've I lost touch with him um, and he was promoting you know like I'm a whiz at business or something and i you know it kind of left but the, the impression i got from him was that and it's not the impression i get from kurt i get the exact opposite impression in fact The impression i got from him was that it was it was almost like you become rich you know like i'm going to give you the secret of personal finance or something and um you know to be brutally frank here i'm not interested in that like you know if we're gonna i don't want someone to make 100 million dollars and then we go visit them at their huge house or whatever and you know It's like, if I want to put money towards goals and our goals are ideological and, you know, if this is not about, you you know, anyone becoming a boomer, you know, if you want to become a, the the stereotype of the boomer, i have of course referred to, if you want to become a boomer, do that on your own time, you know, we're, we're here to win. So then the other, the other thing that really got my uh, goat was, um, you know, have you guys, are you ever aware of that Merlin Miller character? I think he's left the scene and I think he might've died due to the fact that he like refused medicine because he's like such a, crazed conspiracy theorists or something like that but he um he he had this thing called the america party or something like him might have even been american, american first party. party american, american freedom party. party yeah and um he he came to cms at one point and again i had difficulty getting these guys to like pony up 20 bucks or something there was just these really tight characters they had no vision no vision and he said i want to create a movie about um what was he doing he had done one movie called Jericho, which I, I, I think I saw clips of it. It was really terrible. He wanted to create some like white nationalist movie about someone discovering the secrets of U.S. Liber- USS Liberty or something. It was going to be like a Da Vinci Code movie about discovering the secret, sequ- you know, It's the Jews was kind of big final <laughs> scene or something. And I was just like, e that sounds really bad. But all of these people went all into it. And I think a lot of them like threw in hundreds of thousands of dollars or something to a movie that needless to say was never made. Um and needless to say, it's probably better having never been. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like it could be a, a five minute movie. He opens up his computer and goes to Wikipedia. Yeah, exactly. Like, wow, what a movie. What a journey that was. Oh my like, God. God. The truth needs to get out. <laughs> There's still some honest reporters out there. They need to know yeah. about this.
9: Or it's, it's just like a, a father and like his son is like, Dad, the Jews, man, it's the Jews. He's like, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not the <laughs> And finally his, end father's, the w-
23: <laughs> his father's
2: watching right son and his like teenage son is unfortunate, like, dude. The Jays did this.
3: <laughs> what? Oh. But uh anyway, mm. yeah, no, it, it has to be to done seriously. Puns. What does UNZ mean?
2: <laughs> but it has to all be done seriously and, and I I think ruthlessly, it, it, it has to be you know, it's it's not <clears throat> it's it's about building a cause and dedicating everything to that. Um, you know, again, I am totally in favor of everyone being successful and happy and healthy and uh, you know, having kids and all that kind of stuff. But um
3: i uh I, I definitely you know if we're going to do this this is yes this is to be brutal here this is how the jews operate mm. yeah we'll get there i mean i think that i think it's uh we're, we'll get there it's in a good place i think mm. the, uh, next year it's going to be a really good year
9: in a lot of ways it'll be yes. very interesting i mean you know it, some some things could who knows i mean twitter could get shut shut off <laughs> jews could turn off twitter um <laughs> <laughs> you know I mean? but um uh hopefully that doesn't happen but I think that regardless things are, I think a lot of interesting and good things will be happening next year.
0: Yeah, 2023 will be the greatest year ever for Apollonians.
9: Um, Quite the machinations of whoever. um, I think there's a lot of good things um, that will happen. I mean, this book will be done, which is great. And then I have some other projects that I'm finishing up as well. So they've just been kind of long in the middle.
0: Mark Brownman's book is coming out, 2023. It's going to be unbelievable for Apollonians.
9: Um, (laughs) And... uh, but there'll be a lot to discuss, I think. Um,
0: yeah, I just I think also there just there's going to
2: be a there's going to be a hankering for a new vision, and among the people we want, I am confident about that. I don't think I'm just being wide eyed or something. It's it's just like all of this, but on some level, a lot of this stuff needs to fail, you know. Like the car needs to break down before we can be like, guys, like get out of that fucking car. It's on the side of the road. It's not going to go. Like stop pushing it. It has no gasoline in the tank. Like, jump in this Lamborghini we have. Like, there we, we, just has to be... It.
0: Yeah, remember, the Lamborghini is Apolloism. All of that, like, the kind of... And, and that broken-down car that uh, Richard has so much contempt for, that's Christianity, that's uh, Judaism, that's uh, nationalism. Like, Richard Spencer has absolute contempt for nationalism. It's conservatism. It's uh, free market economics. These are all broken-down cars. And Richard Spencer said, get out of these broken-down cars come jump in my Lamborghini, which is the metaphor for Apolloism.
2: Goofball nationalism just kind of has to be on the side.
0: Yeah, just leave that, that nationalism behind, leave conservatism behind, leave Christianity behind, come jump in my Lamborghini, and let's be Apollonians. It's highway for flat tire, basically.
3: Yeah, yeah.
9: Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm optimistic, ultimately.
0: I kind of help taking that personally i think that was a shot at uh my my broken down Dodson, right from from uh, apricot sky uh i i i'm sorry i i i just can't help taking this personally i think he was he was he was taking a shot man my, what was it nineteen seventy four Dotson. there it is my nineteen seventy four Dodson station wagon in this unreleased classic work of cinema, which had such a profound effect on Martin Scorsese. You should see Scorsese's work before and after seeing Apricot Sky, like Spielberg's work before and after Apricot Sky, Paul Thomas Anderson's work before and after Apricot Sky, Greg Dark's work before and after Apricot Sky, John Staviano's work before and after Apricot Sky. Night and
9: day, but I just, I just, uh, I just uh, because uh, I think that there are people out there, um, more people out there like us than we're aware of, and uh, and I think that every like <laughs> sort of Apollonian one person sky. that we get who's an Apollonian, it's like the equivalent of life. You know, I don't, I don't want to. I don't want to. You know, just TRS. It's it's equivalent of some X number of, of multiple of TRS, but it's the equivalent of like ten thousand groopers, right? Yeah. <laughs> the one Apollonian is equivalent to like ten thousand You know, what I mean? so if you gave an Apollonian a sword, it yeah. You
0: know, okay, discuss is one Apollonian worth uh, ten thousand Groipers or ten thousand members of the TRS
9: club? Thermopylae or whatever, right? You <laughs> would end up killing ten thousand groopers. <laughs> so so it, yeah, it's about quality right, and uh and I think it yeah. and I think it Apollonians, it's about quality when we compare ourselves to t r s but it's certainly of course to the groypers, right, um so um, I think that um uh, and I think that we'll start next year, I think we'll start to make some real inroads, and I think it'll be fun,
3: yeah. Hmm.
23: yeah just on the um the ratio I have been cutting in preparation for January, and I think Mike Enoch is roughly about three times my weight now, it's just been that successful. <laughs> What how have cut? you been cutting? A, a month or so. Well, well, how, how have you been doing it exactly? Just reducing
2: calories oh. or just working out? What yeah, What exactly is yeah, your exactly exactly cool. program okay. um,
23: Well, I find it very easy to put on weight. Because I'm about six before, so I find it very easy oh. to put on weight. Yeah. Especially coming from a like, competitive playing background, it's always been so easy to eat too much. So I've just been helping yeah, workouts, caloring, counting calories and all the rest of it. a big picture of Mike on my wall me so <laughs> Uh, not-
9: <laughs> yeah.
0: I mean, yeah i guess he did i thought
9: for some reason i thought that he'd lost weight but then i looked at so uh,
0: Calculation says uh, trump gave nick quentes a bar for the broom he only had his last day and thought his janitorial stuff I
9: gave him some McDonald's, should give him Taco Bell.
0: One
2: of his recent things, he's like, pretty, yeah. he found oh, it. The, the, those, yeah, Zach, those guys always will, you know, the guy who buys a gym membership for a month, and you know, it, it's, you see that all the time, particularly I mean, in January of it's years, not, it's the New year's resolution. Yeah, it's, it's not, you gotta live it, like, you gotta to want to, you know, yeah. like, I don't know, I mean, I, I'm not, I, I'm probably not at the level of Kurt. and i um, you know, I'm very active, I ski and hike and bike around, and, you know, all, all that kind of stuff, but you know, it's, it's like the whole lifestyle. You know, you you gotta, you gotta want it. You gotta want to be active. You gotta care about eating healthy food, and you gotta want to go to the gym. And you know, it's not just something like some little, you know, hack that you do a life hack for a
23: month or that's all meaningless stuff. What is uh, is the weather in Las Vegas in January conducive to some type of Top Gun recreation
5: scene?
2: Wow, I'm gonna if we're gonna do that, I'm gonna do like a serious cut. I might just starve myself for a week to get (laughs) it. Tom Cruise 1984, or Val Kilmer in 1985 shape. Yeah.
5: yeah.
0: <laughs> hey, were you guys watching the Socceroos and their magnificent 1-0 victory over Tunisia on Saturday night my time? And how about America drawing with England? Not just drawing with England. America was clearly the better soccer team. They outplayed England. There's incredible things going on in the World Cup. I mean
23: Japan poured off an upset, Saudi Arabia poured off an upset. going to pull me up because I'm going to so much <laughs> oil through my luggage. Sorry <laughs> <laughs> really Roderick. <laughs> What's your point? <laughs> yeah, no,
2: it's yeah. Uh, it's good. It's a little bit. It can be I I've, I've actually been in think it's February. Um it, yeah, it's a little bit cooler, kind of nice. There, I remember there's a cool evening. There's definitely some pools we can hit. Um <laughs> I'm gonna start. Yeah, I'm, so gonna I'm gonna just focus just on this. Just I am yeah, gonna make this a tender to tenders.
5: Oh yeah, good. <laughs> yeah,
2: the last one was that was great. That was a fun time. Yeah, it was, that was, it was just fun. a shame that one. It was just a shame that um, Max
7: is 21 now, so we shouldn't run into that problem again. <laughs>
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's an issues. But we're, we're, we'll plan it. We, we kind of ended up a little too <laughs> kind of like late night, um, you know, wandering around strip clubs. I, we're going to be up to a master plan.
9: <laughs> yeah, there's – uh oh, well, I guess we were in Dallas last night. Yeah. The strip clubs are rough in Dallas. I didn't realize it would be so bad. But uh I'm sure there's good ones. There must be good ones. But uh, we went. uh we ended up at one that was like, you know, it was like Tartarus, the underworld. It was like – it was almost all black. You know, I mean? it was. Right.
0: Apollonianism in action. <laughs> you hide a lady, you don't hide a lady. Hide a lady. Yeah. Yeah.
9: yeah. So it was like, so like, yeah, I mean, not only was it degenerate, like, most of the women were not even appealing because each other with these giant black mamas. You <laughs> know, we, uh, we, we won't
2: be doing that. Um, I actually was going to get a um, some uh, cabaret uh, tickets. And they have some kind of funny, uh, maybe funny is not the right word. Um, they have some. There's some interesting uh, burlesque shows and stuff like that. Um, yeah, I think that kind of stuff is, is all uh, with the laughs. We're not a prudish society. No. We're many things about that. <laughs> oh,
5: Richard,
2: hey, anyway. Oh, yeah, sorry. I'm gonna actually. I'm, I'm gonna. To go check on my kids again but why don't you do this the hall? we might want to put a bookmark in those, uh, those Thanksgiving yeah. but go ahead
23: Chris. oh it was just quick um, are you re- are you jigging around with the Unconscious Cinema podcast on the website because I haven't been able to yes. get the um, yes. I'll get those back up I actually I was rejigging a lot of things
2: um, it's funny I, I was uh, I, I was basically I, I was paying too much for hosting and so
0: so, regarding the payphone, all payphones in Australia are free. And they're not trash. They're not covered with graffiti. They're not smashed around. It's beautiful. i kind of
2: rejigging and putting stuff back on. You know, it's funny. I, while I was doing this, I, I listened to some of these alt right politics. I, I don't know. I found them a bit embarrassing or something. I almost want to take them down. They were just two 2016, like the fash
9: talk, and I don't know. I don't well, know what they're like. Stuff that, stuff that you and I did.
15: No,
2: no, no, that stuff I I actually like. Um, no, it's more like the, you know, quality, um, stuff, quality stuff, man. Yeah, I agree. I, I was even thinking we should just start redoing them because I, I think there's just so much good stuff there. But getting, you know, getting like a real tight, um, like Raiders of Lost Ark or things like that. No, it's the stuff with like Ray It There's some interesting points in there, and it's kind of funny. But I don't know. I I, I just I kind of think I, it just seems like this like era that I want to leave behind
9: um yeah, I, but I, I get a done. little, I get a little aggressive with Conte on Twitter. I probably was too aggressive because I actually, I I generally like the guy. I, I mean, I basically have your position. I don't have anything against the guy, but, yeah. but he was like kind of like, because I think I had gotten a couple of like little skirmishes with like the TRS, uh, clan on mm-hmm. nothing major. It was fine, but, um, it, but he, he like sort of chimed in to like show his like, you know, fealty to the uh, TRS clan, but he was, um, he was like going after me for some like sort of etymological point. Um, because I, I remember talking, that. I yeah. yeah, yeah, and he, he didn't really even understand the point that I was making.
0: <laughs> yeah, my co-star is going to be playing Hume Aberdeen in the Hillary <laughs> biopic.
3: <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. And the
9: point that I was making is actually kind of a more profound point that like...
0: This is Mark Robert here complaining about Greg Conti, who was formerly uh, Richard Spencer's assistant. The
9: fact that Plato is giving an etymology to a name... Is meaningful. It's not. It. We don't know what the. We actually. There's no way actually to really know what the etymology of Apollo is. But it was given etymol, etymologies by these philosophers and these mythographers in the ancient world. And those etymologies have significance because they're like basically giving the god an attribute, or they're you know, or, or they're they're giving the, the god a sort of sense. They're giving the name or word a sense, basically a definition, right? And they're not doing it arbitrarily. Right. They're doing it intelligently. You know what I mean? Uh, but he was like trying to get me on some like little sort of technical etymological thing. Uh, but he wasn't. That's like, typical.
3: Greg, it's
2: my op myopic. Um yeah, I wasn't really know what I'm saying. You know what I mean? No, no. Um I don't want to go back into it. I, I do feel like he's a lost cause. Um I feel like he he has talent and stuff. He just he he has these instincts to appeal to the herd. And he, he never want like he never wanted to like counter signal Andrew Englin or all that kind of stuff.
0: Okay, so it's bad to appeal to the herd, and it's also bad if you don't appeal to the herd. So either way, from Richard's perspective, you're a loser. If you appeal to the herd, you've got a large viewership, then that means that you're appealing to the herd and you're a loser. If you don't appeal to the herd and you have a small viewership, then that also means you're a loser. Either way, Richard can dismiss you.
2: He thinks that he, he's got to appeal to them. That's the, and it's a really bad instinct. you know. Not that you want to needlessly counter-signal every, all the time, but you, you've got to move upwards and forwards. You're not them. They're anonymous trolls, you know? um so yeah he does have talent it, it, it does kind of bother me I, I feel like he could he could Anyways, he I can felt, I, contribute I felt, but he needs i felt like i was
9: too aggressive with him but i felt no, like don't worry about it fuck, fuck it don't worry about it. he's a lost cause all right well it's not it's not i mean i don't, I don't want to be i don't he might be a lost cause but i don't think he's like a terrible person or anything like that you know what i mean no
2: he's not a terrible person but don't Why worry don't? it's not like it's not like restraint has ever been your
9: forte on social
3: media that's true <laughs> I was say,
9: mark you do shoot from here it is
3: a <laughs> the whenever i open up twitter
9: yeah yeah Anyways, hopefully, some people find it entertaining. It's not just like, "Oh man, ramen is cringe."
2: Well, sometimes when you're like attacking a guy with 20 followers, I'm just like, "All right, just let let it go."
3: Yeah, <laughs> right. sure. I get people so easy. Just like
9: road rage.
0: Right, so, if you got 20 followers or 70 followers, right, you can be dismissed. If you got a lot of followers, you can also be dismissed because you're just peeling to the hood. Yeah, it is. <laughs>
9: <Really>. <laughs> no, but it's. It, I think what it is is just I don't like for some reason because I do feel like. I do feel like I'm a counterpuncher generally, right? I'm sure I've gotten some people first or whatever, but generally that's my policy. And I try to be like civil to people and not just like, you know, not just attack attack people on Twitter. So I just find it completely offensive if someone's just like, yeah, shut up, asshole. And I'm just like, dude, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Anyways. Yeah.
2: No, there are some people who really get under my skin and I I have to like put the phone down to not just rail against them. Just, just, you know, yeah. But that's what they're trying to do. But anyway, gents, I'm going to put a bookmark in it.
0: Okay. So... Let's let's wash our neshamas in the Wellsprings of Torah. Let's get a little bit here from Dr. Mark B. Shapiro, the rise of reform and the rabbinic
3: response. Eric's up, everybody.
0: Okay, here we go.
22: Decision making. You cannot appreciate orthodox sock without knowing that there's something that's not orthodox that's moving in many direction. So
0: I say Psach means rulings on Jewish law. Well,
22: we will all get we'll get back to all this. Now, there's an important book on Reform Judaism. There's a few books on it, but uh here's an important book uh, for you uh, to know about. Uh, Michael Myers' Response to Modernity, a History of the Reform Movement in Judaism from uh, 1995.
0: It's been- Not an easy read, by the way. The this-
22: classic work on Reform, and right at the beginning of it, he says that the term Reformed Judaism is really not the, the best term. Why does he say it's not the best term? Because uh, he says it limits and obscures the subject. Why? Because not all the people, as we will see, who advocated reforms regarded their position as that of Reform Judaism. In, fact, in the first generation, none of them did. Um, we, today, uh, you find all sorts of reforms. If, if, some, if a rabbi argues that today, uh, no one's paying attention, so we're not going to say the Yitzhakha anymore, which happened, by the way, a lot of shuls now are not saying it, because during COVID, when they weren't meeting, of course, there wasn't a minyan when they came back. They wanted davening to be short, so they cut out uh, the l'acha'a. Uh, are they reformers? Uh, they were engaged in reform, but it's not reformers. Uh, Sh- Shamshan Raphael Hirsch engaged in many reforms that he thought were important, but this is not Reform Judaism, so that's one of the problems with the, the term, and... Um, also, it's in retrospect that we use the term. We're going to identify people and say, well, this person's a reformer. But at the time, it wasn't necessarily that. And also, the term reform encompasses a wide range of things. So, for instance, in Germany, you have radical reformers. In England, there's less radical. In Hungary, you have both radical and not so radical. Uh, originally, many of the reformers, and now I'm not just talking about the early generation here. I'm talking about uh, the great ones, uh, Geiger, et cetera. They believed that these reforms were so natural and so obvious, they would be accepted by all Jews. And in some ways, they were correct. For example, preaching in the vernacular. As we'll see this was a big problem preaching in the vernacular and pre- except for the Hasidim, everyone basically um has uh, drushas in the vernacular in, in including in the liturgical world uh so they thought that all of their reforms would be accepted
0: so in the jewish tradition there weren't sermons right sermons really were developed by the protestants then the catholics began to imitate the protestants and introduce sermons and then the jews beginning with the reformed jews started introducing sermons into S- sabbath morning services and now virtually all Jewish synagogues have sermons on Saturday morning.
22: By the vast majority of Jews, the ones who would oppose it, the rabbis and the Jews would be a small group who would soon be pushed out of the way. And they would have uh, small followings that would uh, never type of groups that you can look at it and say, well, uh, these are vestiges of the past. And uh, the young people would clearly move away from these old fashioned types and uh, insignificant groupies would survive didn't work out that way. Although reform is enormously successful, the new traditionalism, which we're going to call orthodoxy, also was able to stabilize itself with a strong contingent. And after the early religious battles that we're going to see, it became clear that reform would not be the Jewish community, it would be part of the Jewish community. And only then can we speak about a movement. In some areas, reform will be the dominant part of Judaism in, in Europe. In other areas, it will be a minority. Even in a place like Germany, although reform would conquer the major cities and also in Hungary, in the small towns, there are plenty of places where uh, traditional Judaism continued and was quite powerful. So we're going to be looking, as I said, at uh, early figures who today are regarded as harbingers of reform, but did not regard themselves as a movement. And indeed, there was no such movement. Now, reform movement, as you chart it, I don't think we're going to do this. Mr. Ray Kellen says to move forward. I'm interested right now in looking at the first generation and how many weeks that's going to go. But it's a lot of weeks uh, because we're going to look at some of these texts that uh, most people never look at. But if we move into the second, third and fourth generation, you'll see it's dynamic with changing ideas. In fact, Michael Meyer writes that the only idea there at the beginning and continuous is that of universalist messianism. Although, as we'll see, even that's not there from the beginning, assuming that what I identify as the beginning of reform is the beginning. Uh, the whole idea, the, the movement goes through such changes that what was basic in earlier years, that the Jews were not a people. They're only a religion. Jews of the Mosaic persuasion, I mean, Germans of the Mosaic persuasion, uh, that too is jettisoned. And certainly after World War II, is jettisoned, and uh, reform becomes a Zionist movement as well. So when do we date the reform movement? This is going to be a problematic uh, question in and of itself, because we are going to see examples of reform, real reform, even before there's a movement. Now, Mendelssohn, Moses Mendelssohn, Moses of Dessau, he's often regarded in Orthodox uh, literature as uh, a reformer. In fact, maybe even the first reformer.
0: So, yeah, for Reform Judaism, Friday night is the, the big service.
22: Uh, why? Because he wanted educational and cultural reform, uh, but he did not speak of religious reform with one exception. We will examine, probably not today, next class, Moses Mendelssohn in one area he actually did advocate reform, but he called it halakhic reform. It's true that Mendelssohn's followers were, if they were not, well, some were secularists, others became apostates, and others were reformers. But Mendelssohn himself, we will get back to this, had no conception of religious progress, in the sense that we'll see that the reformers had. In fact, a major difference between Mendelssohn and the reformers is that Mendelssohn identifies Judaism with a religion of reason, and what's particular to Judaism are the, is the halakha, Jewish observances. Whereas the ref- So notice from Mendelssohn, Judaism, in terms of philosophy, has nothing to teach the world because uh, philosophical truth is universal. On the contrary, the reformers had it just the reverse. For them, there's no significance to Jewish observers, to halakha, to mitzvot, and the Torah, which Mendelssohn thought were obligatory. And rather, Jews, though, ha- Judaism did have the truths to teach the world.
0: So what's going on in China? We've got, we've got the, these protests against COVID, which are basically unprecedented. They're they're welding people into their homes. This is an apartment building in Chengdu, China. The government is welding the entrance door to the apartment building to enforce the lockdown. If you do not have enough food at home, you'll starve. Some people are committing suicide jumping out of their windows. Right, just imagine the government welding welding you into your home. And this is an incredible... Uh, protests videos coming coming out of China let's let's show some of these protest videos Election whiz has has a good uh, roundup here so what do we got? These are protesters in Toronto outside of the Chinese well right, they're chanting Chinese
3: people just Liberty or
5: die,
0: down with the CCP. All right, students at uh, Chinese university using creative ways to protest. Wave magic one. Suddenly, anti-lockdown protesters are no longer COVID deniers or conspiracy theorists when they occur in China. It's Michael Tracy,
5: All right. so this is too bad tonight. Enough is enough with Chinese Communist Party suppression. Oh,
15: I have i get
5: off. i
0: Historic evening in Beijing, people chanting, We want to eat, we want to work, we want to pay rent, we want to travel, we want to see Avatar in the cinema, go sing karaoke, to go clubbing. Avglesian says, Who can believe any video coming out of China? We saw people dropping dead at COVID, etc. Who knows what has been staged? Well, there's no way the Chinese Communist Party could be staging protests against the Chinese Communist Party. All
5: right,
3: here's...